All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Old Moon Podcast, Episode 5. Yet another banger. I cannot wait. Uh, I am Blue Squadron, third of his name, king of male pattern baldness entertainment, protector of refors, father of Basil, and mirror on the chair. Blue Squadron, the man himself. Uh, Tiltus, why don't you go ahead and just give us your intro. I'm Tiltus, the shining head, first of his name, commander of the casuals, lord of the maudlets, protector of T1s, demon of D-tier, and warden of the tier list. Hello. Right. <laughs> and this is Jacob VT. Moving on. Um, do you see what it feels like? Do you see what it feels like when when no one when everyone else has an intro and you don't? You guys are ready, damn. Yeah. I was... <laughs> all right, all right, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, go ahead, give your intro. Um, hi, my name is Jacob VT. Um, that's all. I got. You're kidding me. I'm actually <laughs> kidding me. Right? You guys are Bro, so ready. We all get we all get all this stuff ready, and Jay is literally doing the dungeon at 7:59 p.m. Gonna give me a hernia. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, You're just doing a little bit of trolling. That's all. Just a little. That's bit That's right. Trolling. All right. Well, we are back for episode five this week, and we have some banger topics to get started with. Uh, I'm going to throw the first one um, up on the board. Uh, let's see here. All right, so let's jump right in. The evolution of pay-to-win and BDO. Uh, so Choice actually has a great video on this recently, uh, but this is a very hot-button subject for BDO. Many players who played five to seven years ago but haven't touched the game recently like to talk about how the game is pay-to-win. Uh, mm. Many players that consider BDO as their next game to play often get turned off on Reddit or social media or old YouTube videos uh, and creators that say the game is pay to win. Uh, oftentimes we're talking about videos that were posted years ago or we're talking about a player that hasn't played in the last 1200 days. We all know we all have a few <laughs> of those in our, on our login. Um, so let's start this subject off by looking at the game on release and explaining why people got this idea that BDO was pay to win in the first place. Uh, what aspects do you think were the biggest culprits early on in this game's history that led to this sort of pay-to-win reputation? Jaycoon, I know you have a lot to say on it, so we'll save you for last. Tiltus, why don't you go on this first? Yeah, um, so uh, I did not play the game on launch. That was that was one flaw I had. Um, but to my understanding, um, there was not a lot of pay-to-win in the game uh, on launch, if any. I don't believe there was any pay-to-win. Was the value pack even in the game at launch? uh i mean okay well it depends on what you call pay to win exactly yeah so there's pay for convenience or whatever you want to argue on that aspect but to my understanding it was there was zero pay to win um and then they announced uh outfits going to marketplace and that caused the biggest stink i think i've ever seen in a video game where there was actual protests in game um true. of people that were very unhappy with uh the aspect of having any pay to win at all um anything where a player could wail out on another player and get an advantage um so i know that that caused a big strife there was a lot of uh issues about that and to this day i think if you look up is bdo pay to win you will get a lot of things of um uh, you'll get a lot of videos, a lot of Reddit threads about how BDO is pay to win, even though I think the game stepped away from that direction as a whole. I mean, I think it's interesting. Your take on what exactly qualifies as pay to win is different than I think the rest of the player bases. But I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Jacob, yeah, what do you think? What do you think were the first, the biggest call, first and largest culprits of pay to win uh, gameplay and BDO? 
Um, so a lot of the like the game was so inconvenient. Like they made the game so inconvenient for you that you felt like you had to spend money on weight, had to spend money on inventory, right? Had to spend money on all these things to make your character so like is as everything like was so inconvenient as I said before. Um and so I think those are the things that were like the biggest things early on um that sort of made that uh what's the, what's the word for it um stigma or something mm-hmm. right that made people feel like they're forced to pay for these things to actually play the game so so I think, you know yeah go ahead yeah no i think that uh, i think jay i think your and i's definition of pay to win lines up a little bit more there's i mm-hmm. the technically weight in inventory at the start of the game or pay for convenience that was like the thing in quotation mm-hmm. marks that it was but the problem was silver weighed silver had a weight and it was heavy it was not light oh, um yeah. like all of the grind spots in the game had like three or four different drops um that were all super heavy and cumbersome um pets were not given away for free pets and no. pets priority contrary but everyone Everyone thinks that pets are like, says that pets are, oh, it's pay for convenience. You can't imagine grinding without pets. Wrap <laughs> your head around that. Like, like, you don't remember pressing the R key to pick up all your all your loot on the ground? No, I don't because I bought five pets on like day one. <laughs> There's not a chance I was going to grind without pets. Um, so like uh, weight was a really big deal. Inventory was a really big deal because everything, nothing stacked in your inventory is absolutely obnoxious. Oh. So a lot of players felt like it was super pay to win because you had these... You're essentially what they kind of masqueraded around is pay for convenience options, but mm. were essentially pay to win. Like you had to have these, especially like worker storage in every town was a really big one. Uh, yep. Because back in the day, your worker empire uh, made you a lot of money. Um, mm. Workers in town pay to win. Um, so like that was also a big thing. Like I know I have almost every one of the pearl shop workers in almost every one of the towns in BDO, just because Jesus. like it was just that valuable. I mean contribution was not like super great back then. I mean or yeah. was amazing back then, and it was very yeah it was very difficult to get. So your contribution was like coveted. Also like storages and cities and stuff. Of course you could get around some of the storage issues in BDO back then uh, wagons. by wagons, bro. <laughs> Everybody remembers, remembers Blade Boquest and his freaking wagons, bro. Um, but you could store things in wagons, but even then you were limited on weight and it, it was just kind of obnoxious. Uh, we oh, fast yeah. forward a little bit and, uh, as Silta said, uh, they introduced this, okay, now we can actually sell outfits for silver on the marketplace. And I remember, like he said, there were, uh, riots in the street. Oh yeah. Um, Literally. when Everything they went, looked like Calfion. Yeah. Like it, it, <laughs> it was actually insane um there were boycotts going on for the game people were not happy because when the game came out originally one of the gms was quoted as saying um that model of the game is meant for korea we don't plan on selling outfits in north america um Mm. and then they went back on it and it just oh man it was rough i'll be honest with you though i think a lot of these problems uh ike pearlbus is very sensitive to calling their game pay to win they're extreme, believe it or not, they're extremely sensitive to it. I know because I went through their interview process and they ask you about it in the interview process and they get upset if you say, yeah, I think your game is pay to win. Um, <laughs> so you told them in your interview process, you were like, yes, your game is 100% That was not the reason I didn't get hired, but it may have been the number one reason that I didn't get hired. Um, I, I don't know how you make the argument that it's not pay to win. Like, do you want me to be honest or do you want me to lie to you? I don't understand. Anyway, 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, I know it was very offensive to him, but I think that we had Cacao as a publisher for like the first, mm. I, our first publisher. We didn't even talk about that. That was the Dark mm. Ages symbol. We don't talk about that. But like, <laughs> Cacao, then we had Cacao for many years. We had Cacao for like five years as a publisher. And I think one of the biggest problems was none of our feedback for the first two publishers, Cacao included, um, got to Pearl Abyss. There was just a breakdown. Pearl Abyss wasn't listening to anything that happened. But I think when Pearl Abyss took over, you have a call. Um, when Pearl Abyss <laughs> took over, um, we immediately started to see this shift in quality of life changes and all of these updates that kind of took all this stuff. You're like, wait, inventory, pets, uh, the workers in the town uh, were not as impactful anymore. Like all of this stuff uh, became less and less important and did feel more like a convenience factor uh, for players. And I think honestly, that's because Pearl Abyss took hold of their game and was like, oh God, they're not happy at all. And then they just started fixing things. And I think we've we fixed things to a point now um, where I think the game's in a pretty good spot. I, I think the game definitely still has some pay to win in it. But uh, one of the questions I want to ask you guys is that, okay, so Pearl Shop, we're specifically on the subject of being able to sell outfits for silver. We used to be able to buy them for like 69 million silver KW. Um, mm -hmm. but like 60 million silver or so. And nowadays an outfit sell premium outfit sells for 840 million silver. Do you think that this constant increase of outfits for silver on the marketplace can helps contribute to this like BDO is paid to win? Or do you like the fact that they've increased the the cost of silver on the marketplace? Uh Deltas, I had you first last time. Let's let's see what Jay thinks. Jay Coon's busy. All Sorry, can you go first? Can you go first? <laughs> okay. yeah. um, he's got that landline ringing in the background. Yeah, um, no kidding. Yeah, so for uh, for me, uh, I don't think you can talk about this subject without also talking about the fact that they introduced outfits being melted down for crons, right? Um, yeah, Docker, not thanks for that. Plus sub. I think that is a big play. Thanks for that, Ray, big uh, man. I love you. Big factor in why outfits ended up getting raised in price. Thanks so much, man. Because they were back in the day they Everybody were go give them a follow buy, right now but that was because they didn't melt for cron stones um so oh my gosh when no. they yeah when they increased oh or when they i made see it to where you could melt for cron stones uh they never mind the doc or not you're dead to me Great plus time. sub um so divino i love you it's funny thank I you so much to, i used to vehemently hate it i i thought it was completely broken and it gave whales in the game a way to just sink their wallets into the game and try as hard as they could to just outperform other players with more gear because of pay to win um and the more and more i play the game and the more i look back on kind of what i was doing um around the time that that dropped i was like it's it's really not that pay to win um the amount of money that you would have to sink into BDO to be there a pay-to-win player there it is. is an astronomical number that very, very few people could actually achieve. Um, and mm -hmm. so I don't think it's as pay-to-win. I do think that in the game's early stages, they created a lot of problems to then turn around and sell solutions for, which was really fucking annoying. And that's probably where a lot of that stigma comes from. <laughs> Excuse me. Um... But yeah, I don't think the game is nearly as pay to win anymore. And I honestly, like, I don't mind costumes being um, sold at higher prices because number one, that's how I get all my protected taps, right? When I'm croning, I just buy my costumes off the marketplace. Get that so cron baby. Yeah, if somebody wants to wail that hard and they want to sell me those those costumes, uh, I'm not going to complain about it anymore. Like, 
do it more because i don't spend a lot of money on this game i i buy my monthly buffs and that's that's about it so somebody's got to do it and i want my uh cronstones so uh they can keep doing it it's fine with me right on uh jay uh what do you think about the ever increasing uh value for pearl shop items in the marketplace good or bad for us um i don't personally mind that it's going up to be honest um if anything, it kind of makes it more available to free-to-play players um, if the prices go up. Because I, I feel like when it comes to selling cautions on the market, um, whales and free-to-play players kind of have like this symbiotic relationship, you know, where you, the, the free-to-play players want the whales to whale so that they can have, use their silver to buy the costumes Bro, for cons, whereas... <laughs> Thank God. And the whales, you know, need the free-to-play players to provide that silver for them to, you know, pay to win, essentially. And so um, if the prices go up, I think more whales will want to whale. And yep. us free-to-play players can receive the costumes more, to be honest. So, Yeah, that's yep. what I tell. Uh, yeah, it's basically <clears throat> what I tell every player. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say that um, I don't think... Um, I could have ever gotten to where I was without the whales. So I have, I, I'm thanking the whales. Thank you to the whales for God so bless. I could not God. have to whale. <laughs> that's right, yeah, right, bro. That's, that's why I tell every person that comes to this, like, this game is so pay to win. I'm like, no, no, no. You need to be thanking these people because, like, yeah. at the bottom line, they have to pay for the servers. And it's not us mm. that's paying for the server. It's not the uh, average player who like. Yeah, it's not my thirty dollars you know, a month. We could that's spend for the servers. <laughs> all three of us could spend collectively thousands of hours playing the game for essentially free without any of us spending a single dime. But thank God for Mastercard and their contribution <laughs> um, to helping making this game uh, free to play for the rest of us. And I think that like part of the reason that they have outfits being sold for silver and it's constantly increasing um, is because I think the developers have in their head the line. Like that, and, and, and like the line for what is acceptable amounts of pay to win without alienating your player base, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's like, okay, we have to be able to run our servers levels of pay to win. And then there's like, okay, well, you're just money grabbing, pay to win. Yeah. Um, and early on, it did really feel like that they were they were money grabbing a lot, but I think that that's because they had spent billions of dollars developing this game and hadn't made anything on it, and they were very rapidly trying to make up their money's worth. Um, yeah. And then as the quarters have gone on, how the, as the years have passed, uh, they've kind of gotten into the black in terms of overall uh, profits, except for this year, as it turns out. Um, but, like... They, they have this line in their head for how much they feel like people should be able to pay to win and how much each uh, outfit should be worth. And I think it's basically they want one outfit to be equivalent to what is essentially about one hour of grinding. And that's been pretty consistent uh, throughout all of their time uh, as developers in the game. And it's just like as the silver per hour goes up that you can make, um, so does the outfit price uh, that you can sell for on the marketplace. And I think that that is okay because if you could still sell yeah. uh, outfits for 60 million silver no one would ever do it uh like oh, there's yeah. a line where like like they again they have to make a certain amount of money off the game somewhere and most players are not spending thousands of dollars a month uh it's mm -hmm. a few players spending that money uh to kind of get them where they're at also honestly i would say that the majority of their money is actually made off of new players uh who come to the game as much as the whale can whales contribute to us i think that like 
starting a seasonal and having seasonal players rotate in because right when you spawn in you're like okay i want my pets i want my inventory i want my weight on my main character blah 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 it's all it all feels much more convenient now so you don't have mm. to do it but a lot of players still do um which is good i think we've struck up a balance there um but yeah, like i mean yeah, i didn't uh I didn't I didn't spend any money on this game besides for the ten dollars it cost me to buy the game base game for the first month, two months that I played the game. Um, you know, they they do give you like one pet, you know, and I wasn't grinding for money. I was grinding for levels at the time. So I didn't really care too much about my money per hour. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's totally you could totally get a feel for the game. And I don't feel like that's a bad thing for players. And the thing with the season pass, too, is it's it's you get it backwards right if you go through the entire season pass and you get to the end of it and you're like i like this game i'll drop the money for the season pass then you get all the rewards for that season pass uh even if you uh you know did not collect them as you were going through which i think is a good good thing as well it, it helps players know that hey i want to actually invest my time and money into playing this game yeah. um, um so low barrier to entry is also really nice for new players yeah, when I started seven years ago, I also didn't spend a lot of money mm. on the game if you subtract off the first $2,000 that I spent on the game. Um, <laughs> you, said no. that, you set that money aside, and I really didn't spend anything. Um, Blue, no. <laughs> I, no. I've spent less and less over the years. Um, but, like, um, like, like, consistently month to month. But I, I'll be honest with you. I actually don't mind spending the amount that I do on the game. I don't spend a very, like, crazy amount anymore. Uh, I'm definitely down to, like, my total average. Like, I did my average the other day. I did the unthinkable. I went and looked at how much money oh. a total I had spent on the game and then calculated per month uh, how much per month that I had spent on BDO to this point. And it's been declining consistently for the last two years, but we're still at, like, $80 a month um <laughs> which that's honestly mine mine, not mine before i uh before i stopped spending money and playing the game is hard uh mine was kind of around that i think it was like 60 dollars a month and the way i justified it was like hey this is the only game i play and it's like buying one new video game a month so right if exactly. you don't have a main game and you buy a video game once a month you you've paid your month to bdo basically so that's right like i think that um yeah, I mean, I, I just think that the game's in a pretty good spot. So let's pivot to um, subject two, which is pay to win today. Do we feel like the game is pay to win today? I know, Tiltis, you already touched on this a little bit, so I'll let Jaycoon touch on it. Jaycoon, do you feel like the game is pay to win today? Is it overbearing at all? Or do you feel like um, we finally struck up this balance? It's definitely not pay to win at all. Where, where, do you feel, where do you feel like we are? Well, I think it's definitely a fact that, you know, players can still pay real money to exchange for in-game currency aka cautions for silver um but just it's just it it's so unrealistic for like the average bdo player the majority of the player base will not be able to do that kind of pay to winning like to put in perspective let's say um someone's trying to pay to win a pen black star it's about 150 billion on the market right and if you uh, calculate the cost of a costume which is about 25 30 dollars for you know one costume on average that's 840 million silver so uh, i already did math it was about 5500 usd to pay to win a single pen black star now you could just you know just be a tuvala timmy tap it on your hammer with you know one the 150 <laughs> i get from the calfion ball so <laughs> So yeah, I don't understand. I you just succeed, just... you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't understand yeah. what you guys are talking about. It's, it's that easy. It's 50-50. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think 
just in technical terms, it is pay to win, but it's just you. It's not really pay to win, yeah. like in the other sense, is my opinion. It's an acceptable level of pay to win. Um, you know, I guess so. Yeah. You don't feel like it's turning off players anymore. They come no, to try I, to play our um, game. No, I don't think so. Because I, th I think when, like. When you see pay to win, right, you think of, oh, that person is going to be stronger than me, et cetera, et cetera. But most likely, it's not going to be an issue. So let's say you do a counter someone who's pay to win their gear, right? I think the game is in a state where, you know, at least the majority of the PvP content is gear capped anyways, you know, tier one to three node wars, AOS, cap sieges. So I think the biggest factor in winning a fight against a whale is most likely just going to come from your skill, right? Just be good at the game essentially yeah it's definitely a skill issue that's what yeah that's what, issue, choice, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's what choice that's what choice's twelve thousand hp says every time he hits a two dollar yeah. timmy oh. with three thousand <laughs> hp it's just a skill death timmy i don't know what to tell you better luck next time get demolished um tilt us what do you think um yeah i don't i don't think the game i think that when the game first came out it was so heavily paid for convenience it was drop a couple of hundred dollars quickly to get a character up and weight and inventory and maids the maid meta is a great example of that where you used to have to buy a bukus of maids uh, oh. just to be able to transfer your trash loot around yeah you had to have um, a harem of maids it was ridiculous yeah, <laughs> t4 pets were a pain in the ass to make uh, everything was just super difficult and it was all you pay money and you get to skip the difficult process, uh, which is I was a turnoff for a lot of players, myself included, a couple of times. Um, but now it feels like the game has struck this more balance of, yeah, it's pay to win if you want to drop $5,500 per pin, you know, best in slot item. Um, and the rest of the stuff, a lot of it, you can get a very enjoyable experience out of just playing the game and, you know, spending the $60 box cost or $10 box cost or whatever. And you can experience pretty much everything BDO has to offer now without hitting a massive paywall um, that you would in any other game. I mean, so I, I don't think it's pay to win anymore. Um, it, it, it technically will always be pay to win, but it's not... It's not at a point, I've never run into a player where I'm like, that guy definitely paid everything. Um, he does not, you know, he's never played the game a day in his life. He's only spent money on the game, so. Um. Right. No. Um, I think that, I, I think, like Jake said, I think it's, it's not really an argument to say the game is not pay to win at all, but I'm going to be real with you. The average consumer for video games just wants everything for fucking free bro like everybody wants everything for free nowadays like that we should be free to play there should be no monetization of the game at all it should all be just recreational stuff like that that's just not realistic like uh like you can't you can't run a game like that you have to be able to make money uh at the end of the day and i think that every game is going to have some aspect of pay to win that players feel is unfair mm -hmm. to any extent but i feel like that black desert the reason i like this game so much the reason we probably like this game so much is because like jay kun was alluding to before you have to spend your fucking grandma's fortune um <laughs> to get like a fair amount of gear and if you want to do that i'll be honest with you i feel like that that is okay i feel like that the the bar for like pay to win in this game is so high that like it really is it's appealing to people who maybe can't play the game 24 7 right mm -hmm. like so players that can play the game all the time can play free to play and and get away with it actually probably believe it or not and actually get away with it because they have enough time to dump into the game to keep up with everyone around them 
um and like stay ahead of the gear curve and stuff like that but the people let's say that like a, a doctor or something uh just wanted to blow off steam in his free time but he doesn't have a crazy amount of free time to play bdo but he wants to still play at the highest level he can still do that um because he's got enough money to kind of drop into the yeah. game and to be honest with you <laughs> You're I feel like the doctor's salary, so yeah, and I that's why I use the doctor as an example. But like somebody that makes a lot of money but doesn't have a lot of free time can still play the game at a competitive level and honestly pay for the rest of us to play the game because the player that plays 20 hours of the 24 hours in the day actively is not paying mm -hmm. for this game. That guy oh, is no. not paying for this game. That guy mm -hmm. is is uh, a net loss on the earnings report uh, for Perlibus. But the guy that like does spend you know, a few hundred dollars a month or even a few thousand dollars a month, those are the people that we should be thanking for paying for it. So I think that we've got a great line for, for pay to win. Does it exist within the game? Yeah. But like, realistically, you have to understand that they have to earn money somewhere. Um, which leads me to my next point. Uh, they released this quarterly earnings report uh, for BDO or like this year-end quarterly earnings report for BDO. And I took a look at it. I actually brought it to the business department at school uh, where I work and was like, please explain the numbers to me. I'm like, I'm like Kevin, bro. I don't like Kevin from the office. I have no idea what's going on. Um, I was like, did they really lose money? And uh, the business department looked at it and they said, oh yeah, they, they definitely lost money uh, here. So what this chart uh, for our listeners uh, that cannot see it uh, on my screen right now, what this chart basically shows is the net profit for the year uh, for Black Desert. Um, and overall, it's actually very, very positive. They've made more money um, this year uh, than they have uh, in some of their previous years. They've done uh, pretty well this year. The problem is at the very end here in this fourth quarter, uh, Across all four quarters, the profits are a little lower than we would expect for the amount of content that they cranked out this year. And then in the fourth quarter of the year, they're actually at negative 99%. So they've spent about 99% more than they actually made off the game in the fourth quarter. Um, now, I think I know why this is, and I had the business department kind of explain it to me, but why do you guys think we're down so much on the fourth quarter? Despite, I mean, I feel like BDO's in the best spot that it's been as far as how much content they're releasing, and I, I feel like the average player is very happy right now. So why wouldn't that be reflected in the in their financial report? Why do you guys think? Well, we'll start with uh, Jay Kuhn. Yeah, let Jay go, because I talked about it on Friday, but... yeah. Hmm. You know, Matt is like, not I just, my strongest Jay's, subject. Jay's like, I just play the game, man. Number up, good. My gear score number subject. up, good. Uh, yeah, that's okay. That's, that's okay. Tiltus, why don't you talk on it? Yeah, so we speculated a bit on uh, the Node War podcast on Friday. Uh, shout out to Church for actually bringing this report up and, and getting it into the players' hands. Um, this is free. Anybody can access this information on Perlibus's website. Um, but uh, there was some speculation that there was a lot of outstanding debt from when they started the game that got paid off in the fourth quarter. quarter. Um, and that was kind of the 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 consensus that we arrived to talking about it as a bunch of knuckleheads that don't really understand finances because none of us are accountants um but that was a general concept that we kind of ran into was hey it, it's time to pay back all the money that we've you know uh had invested into us over the course of the you know bdo's lifespan um now what's the actual answer Blue? okay so the actual answer is if you scroll up in the presentation they actually go through um their new projects uh and we talk about crimson desert okay so when they talk about the net earnings they talk about how much the money they've made off their games now when you're developing a new game in this case they're developing crimson desert you make zero dollars off of that asset until mm. it launches right you're just it's just a full sink 
of money um, until you actually get it to life. So what the business department has essentially told me is one, they could be paying off old debt, but that's less likely considering how old the game is now. They've probably, mm -hmm. and how much money they've been looking at um, per quarter to this point, they've probably paid off most of it most if not all of that to this point they're probably dumping it all that looks like a huge development project that they're dumping money into and i have to think that this is crimson desert um that they're looking at and developing uh in the future so i, I would not get too scared of this uh looking to the future here as i think that like yes negative 99 percent on the profit loss looks scary <laughs> but i think that again <laughs> i think that the game looks really really good um and is honestly in a better state than it has ever been and it's better at retaining players uh than it has ever been before which will help continually i think make them profits and pay for the next game that they make that hopefully we all love right yeah um mm -hmm. so yeah they could be working on an engine they can any sort of project project development my thoughts are would be that it is in fact crimson desert because that's the project that they've been constantly teasing us but don't want to tell us anything about right now um, and thoughts on Crimson Desert? Do you guys... Okay, so they've said a, a wild amount of things. At first, they said it was going to be an MMO, and then I think that they realized um, that they they were like, okay, um, uh, did, maybe we shouldn't tell them that we're making another MMO. Maybe because th that'll kill our current MMO. That's probably a bad idea. Um, then they said it was going to be this open-world like co-op RPG, which honestly I thought was going to be really cool. Um but uh, what do you guys think it's ultimately going to be, just speculation-wise? Do you guys think it's going to end up being another MMO? Or do you guys think it's it's going to be this this co-op RPG that they keep talking about? Um, Tiltus, you go first. Yeah, uh, honestly, if I had to take a wild guess at something that I feel like BDO um, has already done and that they already have experience with, my guess is that they take an existing genre, um, maybe like a, a loot grinder, like Diablo-esque or something like that, and then they put a action combat BDO twist on it, and now you're just playing a different genre of game, but you're playing it in the style of an action combat style game. Um, so my guess is like maybe... a. Um, ARGP, some kind of RPG, um, maybe a, you know, a co I would really like to see a good co-op uh, um, RPG that you can play with, you know, your friends and stuff like that. I would be really enjoyable because there's not a lot of them that I actively play. So, so you're thinking um, like, you're thinking this is going to be like Destiny um, or like yeah, Diablo, some, like you said. Something you like just that, but just strictly the, PvE. The yeah. yeah strictly mm -hmm. pve focused because destiny's pvp lol um but like strictly <laughs> pvp focused co-op rpg i actually yeah i like that because see then they they dodge killing bdo altogether mm -hmm. um yeah but uh jay what are your thoughts on it what do you think it's gonna end up being um so i know that uh, you know from black desert the company knows how to do like action mm like action rpg right and i really loved the the combat of black desert and well, jay it's <laughs> your second phone call what's going on here, bro? Just, <laughs> i'm really popular sorry yeah. <laughs> uh, so i'm thinking it, it's kind of more like um uh it's gonna be more like uh have you ever played monster hunter or the yes. dragon's oh Yagma? god if it was like, like monster hunter like maybe like elden Stop ring it. or mm. dark souls i think it might be kind of one of those kinds of genres that they might be delving into and i, I know a lot of people love like the dark Souls series yeah um, where you're just fighting really <laughs> <laughs> so i think it might be closer to in line with that and that would be really cool as a co-op adventure or something uh yeah no i think that that would be 
absolutely super sick and to be honest with you with the amount of money it looks like that they dumped into it um i did the conversion uh that negative 99 that you see in the quarterly report um the the korean won to u.s dollar conversion is about 75 million u.s dollars um that they are negative on this quarter so that does look like that's the majority of them either paying off the old debt like you said some of the old debt mm. like you said and or just dumping into crimson desert because that's a lot of upfront and honestly that's almost more upfront than i would expect for crimson desert but it could be um bdo but better because it's not an mmo it's a co-op rpg it's mainly focused because bdo is mainly focused on end game pvp at the moment maybe this is like a co-op rpg that's focused solely on pve um but we will see uh monster yep. hunter would be oh gosh bro or, i love or, monster hunter or here's a thought we're getting bdo re remastered <laughs> okay but, all right buddy actually i would okay so i my thoughts on this i don't think that they're gonna release another mmo anytime soon and i don't think that crimson desert's gonna end up being an mmo i think that they've kind of firmly established that they want bdo to be kind of a legacy game kind of like world of warcraft where that mm -hmm. it just never dies on its own because i don't think it's ever going to die on its own because of how good its action combat is and all the mm -hmm. open world systems that you can do it's a unique sandbox mmo that can kind of maintain itself as long as they keep releasing content people will keep playing the game um i think that they're going to go in a different direction uh with crimson desert and i'm actually pretty happy about that i'm excited to see uh where they're going to go with it um but uh all right uh any other thoughts on the quarterly report there again viewers do not viewers and listeners do not be scared it's going to be okay uh just because <laughs> they lost money does not mean the company is doing poorly um all right so i want to transition us over to guild missions um because that's going to transition us into our next topic here um Chiltis, it's your topic so i will let you kind of talk on it what do you think yeah. uh is the state of guild missions right now uh it's dog water it's horrible um so guild missions right now are uh, we've touched on this before in previous podcasts but guild missions right now really feel like a way for one guy in your guild to grind out all the materials that you need to run guild bosses um it's not very enjoyable content it's not very unique um some of it you know the life skilling stuff i have like i literally collected a bottled water gathering life skill mission earlier today because somebody had left it on on a server um like it's just not it's not interactive content there's nothing crazy about it um that makes you want to do guild missions outside of the guild bosses um so i think it needs a good overhaul um and I've seen a ton of really good player suggestions about what that would look like, but I, it's bad right now. It needs overhaul badly. Uh, yeah, Jaycoon, do you uh, do you ever do guild missions? You're um, a PVE. You're a PVE player, so do you ever do guild missions? Whenever I guess whenever um, there's like a there's I see a cooking mission on, and I'm just happen to be cooking. I might as well take the witch's delicacy one, or if mm. I'm doing alchemy, I might as well take the mysterious catalyst one. But that's the only time I ever really do uh, guild missions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my my currently my biggest problem with guild missions is they're not guild missions. They're your they're you missions. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I think that they're yeah. Guild missions are fantastic. Like so, when they first, when the game first came out, believe it or not, people used to go help each other with guild missions. You'd have like five oh, yeah. people party up, you would go to mains and just knock it out. Um, but like over time, the system's kind of fallen out of favor. And nowadays, what a guild mission really means is, okay, I need this pop solo for me. No one's working together on guild missions. In fact, you're almost <laughs> insulted if you pop a sea monster hunting mission and someone kills a sea monster. You're like, bitch. <laughs> the hell out of here these How are my sea my silver you know what i mean like get out, get out of here 
So, and I think that that's like just a fundamental error uh, in the game. And it's it's so easily correctable. Like Delta said, there's a lot of different things um, that can be done to kind of correct guild missions and where they stand currently. Uh, but I think that the biggest thing that needs to be changed is this idea that guild missions are solo endeavors that you do just to pick up a couple of million extra silver like jay says like oh well, i'm already doing the activity i might as well just knock out a guild mission too it shouldn't feel like that the rewards should be very very impactful and they should mm -hmm. feel meaningful enough that players can go out and do the content together to encourage people to this is gonna sound fucking crazy but play the game together how dare I, you I know. suggest I'm, that in I know. my MMO? Right, yeah. Uh, absolutely insane that I would think that this massive multiplayer online game would actually, in fact, <laughs> be multiplayer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that guild missions absolutely need a big overhaul, and it's 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 not just the system itself. They've done a couple updates here and there uh, to the guild system, so like, I, I'm not sure why guild missions still refresh every 10 minutes in this whole system here, but like, they, make it, they made it a little bit easier to pop. Um missions across servers and stuff like this but it's still very difficult to kind of hunt down the, the mission even if you want to mm -hmm. do guild missions it's tough to hunt down the ones that you want the life scaling mm -hmm. ones are a complete joke the trading ones lol um so you're really <laughs> only doing the combat missions and again those are kind of just solo missions that you knock out by yourself and they don't really contribute anything because points have lost all of their value um, mm -hmm. unless you're a brand new guild, in which case guild missions are just punishing because you just can't get oh. enough people in your guild to do a large enough guild mission that helps mm. it. So the whole system just needs to be thrown away and redone to encourage guilds. I mean, this is a huge opportunity. We have been asking for this forever. More guild PVE content that you can do mm -hmm. together. This is low hanging fruit that they can adjust in one patch um and just adjust it they don't have to spend a crazy amount of time on it uh make the rewards meaningful enough that players want to come out and help each other do it um but yeah those are those are my biggest thoughts on it now there, there was one very cool thought that you had tiltus and i'm curious what what jay's thoughts might be on it too but open world pvp being tied to guild missions on arsha servers specifically is this a good idea tiltus why do you think that this is a good idea yeah, so I think this would be a huge step in the right direction because I know a lot of... So here's here's a big issue with the game. We mentioned it earlier. There's a ton of capped content currently in BDO. There's not a ton of avenues for these super high-geared players, which normally live on Arsha, to you know flex their gear. Um, and I know it's one of the complaints of the giga-geared players in the game. They want to be able to use their gear in some aspects of the game. Open world PvP is kind of dead right now. Uh, it doesn't happen often. GVGs are far and few between, and good GVGs are even even harder to find. Um, so I think one of the good uh, ideas that I've seen is that you introduce some kind of PvP-oriented missions on Arsha um, to tackle. You, you're not forced to do them by any means. You don't have to be on Arsha, um, but they should be comparable to a PvE mission, but just a PvP-oriented mission. Uh, you know, kill X amount of players. Um, you know, Barge, thanks for that uh, prime kill, sub, buddy. You know, so many players of opposite guilds, uh, you know, deck opposing guilds and, you know, farm each other out or whatever. There's all these different avenues that they could go um, that I think would be really enjoyable and open up open world just a little bit more than it is right now because it seems kind of dead. Uh, okay, I have strong thoughts to the contrary uh, at the moment. So, Jay, <laughs> Jay, why don't you go first? Hi. Uh, do you so, feel like um, guild missions on Arsha should be a thing? Why or why not? 
guild missions are shard. Do these guild missions? Like I'm assuming PvP these guild, guild missions, missions are like PvP oriented. PvP like oriented. Players, players yeah. fight each other to complete mm -hmm. the missions. Correct. Yeah. So I think when it comes to designing new, um, you know, features in in any any game, um, I I kind of put my try to put myself in the shoes of a developer, and the first thing that I think of when I'm a developer for new features is is this somehow exploitable yeah. can we so, as a player can, can it we exploit it now yeah, yeah like uh, yeah. literally mm -hmm. like <laughs> i think um when it comes to pvp um like player versus player to get rewards and stuff um it it does seem like there might be a way to exploit i don't know how it would be exploited i guess maybe you like win trade you know like win trading stuff yeah. and other oh, stuff is like not you know it's kind of frowned upon and so i feel like something like that might happen where oh the guilds the guild would be like hey guild a uh we have a mission can you feed us and then we'll feed you the other mission or something like that you yeah. know and then it might not even be a you know what you want as a open world pvp so yeah i it would be cool i would definitely would agree that pvp missions would be cool but in if there was a like is there a way to make it not exploitable um is the other question too yeah, yeah. i think that the yeah i i agree with uh jay on that point there is that the biggest concern there is that he he approached it from the developer standpoint and again i'm going to approach it from the player standpoint the developers always approach it from the okay how can this get exploited and the players are always like can we exploit this and how um and, yeah. and <laughs> every every time every every single time right you give it you give them an opportunity they're gonna they're gonna do it it's absolutely obnoxious i don't know if there's a way currently unless they add a new system to the game to really add pvp missions as viable guild mm. um uh guild bosses on our show but the biggest thing that i had a problem with is open world pvp was dead to a point and then as of the last two weeks or so we've seen a big resurgence in open world pvp for a certain few guilds but the first thing i wanted to because this is going to kind of transition us uh into our next topic here the first thing i want to touch on is i want to explain how this uh it's like a tidal wave of players uh throughout the pvp scene so you you end up with uh, at the start of every season it always starts at the ever start of every season uh with the t1 scene so you have all these new players come in and it's a huge tidal wave that loses momentum as it kind of washes through the scene as it injects new players into the scene uh, it loses momentum. So in the T1 scene, you have all these two ball timmies, every, all these new players starting the game, they fill up um, all these T1 guilds. And usually what happens is when a new season starts, the T1 scene explodes, whether there's like five or six, at least five or six new guilds. And then the other the current standing guilds fill up completely. There's a lot of drama. Everyone's fighting each other. No one's having trouble capping nodes. Nodes are completely full. There's like 17 forts, etc right that's like a huge amount of players uh then the tidal wave kind of reaches the t2 scene as those players start to gear up and start to reach the t2 caps uh either their guild will graduate uh, into a t2 guild which will contribute to the t2 scene or they will leave their t1 guilds and they will move up uh to the t2 scene but again at this point we've already lost a lot of the new players at this point a lot of players don't even make it to the t2 ready uh, area which is like 600 620 gear score but mm -hmm. a big wave of players will and then so the t1 scene will start to die die down a little bit as the wave of new players kind of passes them and the t2 scene will kind of erupt a little bit and you'll see new guilds in this case like reforged uh and villainous is making a comeback and genium's doing very well nekohana is doing well um as the the wave kind of pushes through them you'll see all those two volatimis kind of graduate uh and push their gear up into that t2 scene and then into the t3 and so on uh until you read this final level where 
initially guilds like show nation digital corrupt they're not going to see like when new content drops the only real new players that they see coming to the game are their veteran players that return to the game for a little while to play the new content and then they leave again um but like as the wave kind of uh sweeps through the pvp scene you start it uh and it trickles out you end up with a hundred or so players that get introduced to the highest level of pvp and now we've reached this Cho Nation versus Digital Arc that is going on like the last week and a half or so where you said that open world PVP is dead, but I would say that for, for at least two guilds on the server, it's never <laughs> felt more, it's never felt more alive uh, for guilds like Cho Nation and Digital. I mean, we have reports of GVGs that have digital pulling numbers uh, over a hundred people and Cho Nation pulling over 110 uh, people to an open world GVG um is actually insane i mean both guilds are head to head and pushing each other to the brink like they're basically kicking people um if you don't if you miss like two gvgs you're out of here we gotta get the next player in right so like i feel like that wave has kind of hit uh the highest level of pvp and so the next thing that i want to talk about is burnout um and i jay i like that you're here because you're part of the guild that I would consider manages burnout the best uh, in this game. Uh, and honestly, you're also a guild member. You're not in guild leadership like Tiltus and I are. Our approach to managing burnout is gonna feel a little bit different than yours. Um, <laughs> so like, Jay, do you feel like um, these all call GVGs where guilds are fighting each other nonstop two and three times a day, constantly all calling, pulling close to a hundred people to a GVG, do you feel that is sustainable for anything longer than about a few weeks? Would you be able to sustain something like that even as an end game player you don't have to grind you're done basically absolutely not absolutely <laughs> yeah absolutely not so um the previous guild that i was in it was uh vertex and i um Woo! felt very uh like you know way back when uh i was in vertex i felt very um uh what's it called like so pressured to go to gbgs and i would um i hate it go when to pvp guilds i would, pressure I would you feel to do PvP. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, I would feel just so um <laughs> uh, so pressured and i felt bad because i am not that good at pvp i'm just there because i had a lot of gear <laughs> and so uh when i moved over to notorious they like the whole ideology became a lot more um like chill like the um when i when i went to the guild there was not really too many obligations for um attending node war or see uh, or um uh, sieges or uh gvgs as long as you were making some you know effort to participate in the guild activities and so um when it as you said you were um explaining that my guild does a lot of uh, has a lot of like the burnout stuff and whatnot and so i i do think uh um when it comes to these gvgs um i don't know if they would ever ever last like long enough to keep being fun <laughs> if you know what i mean because mm -hmm. at least for me i i never really had too much fun if it gone too long heck when it comes to sieges when it lasts more than two hours i just like fall i start falling asleep <laughs> to be honest it's, uh, it might be just because i i'm not like pvp is not really my cup of tea and so my opinion everyone take it with a grain of salt this is coming from somebody who is not into too much about the pvp scene i'm just there to buff and bongo you know what i mean they'll buff and bongo and so yeah um what was the question again? No, no. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Jay, Jay, you answered it. He's like, sometimes I, I just keep talking and then I forget yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tilted, 
Deltis, what's your approach? I know you help lead uh, Epidemic. What's your approach to trying to prevent players from burning out? Do you think that guilds or GBGs like that are sustainable at all? So I, some of my fondest memories in this game are actually huge GBGs where you're just, you're, you're both guilds are making content around the GBGs and you've got these, these long-term decks that last forever and you've got these big showings. Um, uh, now I've never had a hundred plus people show up to a GBG. That is bonkers to me, but um, I, I've had some good fun doing GBGs. Um, the trick with, uh, this is a leadership issue, not a player issue. The trick with GBGs and long-term decks is knowing when enough is enough and when your your players are burning out and when to identify that and when to say, hey, all right, let's let's squash the beef and let's end it before, you know, players actually start um, burning out really hard. Um, so I don't see the Cho digital deck being able to stay healthy for a long time. Um, but I think it's really good content for those guilds right now. Yeah, I mean, arguably some of the best content in the game. Um, and as people in chat are saying, uh, it's the best content those two guilds have seen in forever. I mean, we saw... Okay, so I think that this might be the best content that Cho Nation has seen in its in its history, uh, if I'm being entirely honest, because I think back to Cho's rise to power uh, back in the day, um, and I think that you know Black Rose was the guild that kind of rose to fight them. Uh, the problem with Black Rose was always that um like they they wanted to be like the badasses of pvp right like we're just like the the bad boys of pvp and that works that worked really well for them but it also worked really hard against them because when you want to be the bad boy um pros everyone is decked on you and you get to fight every time all the time cons everyone is decked on you and you have to fight all the time so like it burns it like you said tiltus it burns your players players out really fast like at the start it's really cool to constantly be walking around and be decked on literally everything um and have to fight everybody and everything that moves um is really cool but i think it also contributed to a big part of the uh black rose's downfall so their greatest strength was also their greatest weakness uh and now black rose is back they fight alongside digital uh so when we talk about digital we are also talking about black rose in this case because they're the 50 man uh kind of sister guild to digital uh and i now i think that br doesn't have to worry so much and digital doesn't have to worry so much about what br did back in the day back in the day everybody hated black rose um like vertex it was just cool to hate them you know like at vertex <laughs> barcode all the little guilds everybody hated br and they liked it that way and it worked for them in most ways like i said but it was also a big part of the reason why the guild ended up going downhill after a while but now you're in a position where i don't think everybody hates digital and i think that the fight is primarily focused you don't have vertex constantly showing up to gvgs uh to, to sidebar you you know you don't have barcode showing up to gvgs to sidebar you the focus is entirely on can we push for number one can we get there and so i think that digital has a much better shot at actually reaching Cho um, in this number two for number one struggle. You have a lot of the same elements you had for BR when BR was pushing for number one. Back in the day, you had Big Sasha, um, basically as like their iconic shot caller, the one that like everybody flocked to and was considered like one of the most entertaining, uh, fun callers uh, to play with in the whole game, kind of leading the guild. And that guy, he was just an amazing face and he was an inspiration for so many players, myself included. Um, yes, sir. But... I would say that digital mimics that in loads, but loads is, um, I don't even think it's arguably at this point. I think he's the best mind that is actually playing this game for large scale PVP currently. I think he's the goat um, of all goats when it comes to shot calling. This man is like the innovator. He's the top of the line. He's the one leading digital. 
He's the best shot caller in the game and people rally behind him. So you have a lot of the, the qualities that Sasha had, except that Lodes is actually a good caller. Um, <laughs> look, I thought Sasha was a great caller, but also his macro and, and, and like his mind for being able to play the game, um, like his open field was phenomenal, but he's, he lacked in terms of overall macro loads is like the loads of strong point is macro and he still maintains the ability to motivate his players in the open field and actually pull a W. Um, like he's, I've seen digital versus show nation one V ones in node wars where Digi has gotten show. There's no other fort on the node and Digi will get show down to 10%. And then on, ironically, show just turns around and just slaps him straight off the node. Um, but it is getting closer. And I think it's really cool to see two guilds that are so focused on fighting each other that they're willing to pull a hundred people to a GVG. And it matters that much to them because I don't think either guild has seen content this good. Um, in all of the years that we've played the game and as somebody that's third partying it and just watching this happen it's really cool to see to see the top end of our game like the top players of our game the masters of pvp like clashing that hard and that frequently i think it it, it speaks to the health of the overall game right now i think that digi looks really solid i think cho is definitely still on top right now but digi i think is gaining on him uh and it looks really cool is it sustainable I don't think so. As I said, I think that the tidal wave uh, of players that kind of cascades through the game when a new season start or when a new expansion drops, I think we're reaching the end of that tidal wave. And so Cho and Digi are kind of getting an upsurge of players uh, right now. But like to have, to be able to cycle players as fast as you need to cycle them for pulling every single member of your guild, essentially to every mm -hmm. single GVG, every single day. I mean, you're, you're going to be burning through players, um, faster than candles burn through wax. Uh, there's just, yeah. there's no way around it. So like that's only sustainable for so long and there's only so many high end players in the game. So I do think that it will die down after a while, but I think it highlights, uh, just how close our top guilds are and just how cool, uh, PVP can look in the open world. Although mm -hmm. most of the rest of the open world in the game tilt is, I would agree with you. It's kind of dead right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> those two guilds I, are killing it because they are riding the wave. Um, yeah, I think another mind. good thing, uh, for them too, is that there's, there's a, a clear objective, right? they one of those guilds is going to be number one and you know digi is chasing it and cho has got it um so there's a clear desire for new players to look at those two guilds and be our newer players our players new to siege or whatever they want to look at those guilds and they want to go i want to join that guild because they're the best or they're trying to be the best and that gives a lot of credence to those guilds as well right right so i mean i think that in terms of overall burnout I think we're going to see, I think they're burning. They're going to burn to a crisp. Uh, like yeah. I don't, I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, like I said, uh, Jake, you never actually said the name of your guild. Jake is in notorious, um, yes. notorious <laughs> and clash are in the apocalypse Alliance. And I actually think if we pivot just a little bit, that APOC is one of the guilds that has really mastered like how and when to come PVP, how to mm. manage burnout in the game. They're like a, a perfect example of how to manage burnout within the game. Jake, how many GVGs have you been pinged for in the last month? Pinged for in the last month? Mm -hmm. Oh, that I went to or just pinged for? <laughs> now, how many have you been pinged for? Um, Is it less than five? Probably yeah is it zero um, no they, they definitely pinged for for gvgs um i just don't know how many 
Okay, so we'll, we'll go with five. Here. We'll go with five in the last month. And I think that that's a reasonable number for GVGs because as Steltis alluded to, GVGs are kind of like the number one factor that you look to when you talk about burnout and BDO. Like mm -hmm. it's the number one thing that's going to burn out your players the fastest. Yes, they're excellent content and they're excellent at like bringing players out and keeping your players active, but they're also the number one thing that pushes your players to inactivity because if they're constantly getting pinged for GVGs um, at three in the morning or at like even 3 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, like it just burns people to a crisp because if you can't come to stuff and you know your guild is out there and everyone's rallied together but you can't be there all the time, it starts to make you feel guilty all over time and people start dropping guild, people start wearing out, burning mm -hmm. thin, and then they kind of just go inactive. But I think that uh, Apocalypse, Pax and Noah leading Apocalypse, uh, Apocalypse have done a great job over the years of constantly maintaining um, a neutrally active guild. Do they come to siege? They come to siege and they're very competitive, you know, top five to seven siege guild all the time, depending on where they are. Sometimes I've seen them as high as number three and as low as number seven. But like, they're always usually a very competitive siege guild. Whenever they come out to node war, they really show up with a lot of numbers and the boys are there. Uh, and when they come out to open world, they come out to play the game. But in the absence of those things, Pax and Noah seem to understand, like the leaders of Apocalypse seem to understand when it's acceptable to constantly be pinging for GVGs, when it's acceptable mm -hmm. to constantly be pinging, hey, we, we need to go to Node War tonight, or hey, like they don't feel like they need to go to Siege every week, which is kind of crazy for a high-end Siege guild. Most players in a high-end Siege guild, they expect Siege every single week. Um, but APOC doesn't necessarily do Siege. They only do Siege when it when it is going to be a good fight, and by good fight, I mean it's going to benefit them. Um, which is good. And I think they've they've kind of mastered it. So uh, Jay, I'm glad you were here to kind of touch on it and give us an insight into how many GVGs Noto uh, is actually pinging for um, over the course of the month, because I know that BR and Cho are pinging like three a day uh, and you're getting like five a month. You know what I mean? So like, I just think that that's really cool uh, to see our top end come to life like that. But I am a little concerned that they're burning our top end players to a crisp now. Okay, theoretical question. What if, so we don't think that this is sustainable beyond a few weeks in terms of overall PVP level. Um, mm -hmm. What if the expansion drops in two weeks? It's not going to, but what if the expansion were to drop in two weeks? Do you think that, that all of those players keep playing the game and that the good times keep rolling and everyone comes out to GVG and then it's not just Digi and Cho, it's Corrupt, it's Barcode, it's Reforce, it's Epi, is everybody coming out uh, because the new expansion has come out and then everybody's just a clown fiesta of open world PVP? Uh, or do you think that everyone would be too burnt if it comes out in two weeks? Do you think everyone's just going to be too burnt? Uh, um, Tilt this go first. I think it's going to... Okay, if, if, if that were to happen, my theory is that you'd have this sudden rotating roster of players where the players that are burnt out would quit you'd go through this period of everybody's got to recruit there's mass recruiting going on everybody's struggling to find a couple more players to fill the roster out and as those players are burning out then the players that burnt out at the beginning of the expansion are coming back they're like hey i'm ready to play the game now um so you're getting this kind of rotating roster because that's what already happens right. um so that's what I would that's what I would imagine would happen if the expansion were to drop in two weeks. I think there'd be a lot of players that quit anyways because they're tired of playing the game, and you'd pick up a lot of players that are um, eager to play the game. So, yeah, uh, Jaken, do you feel like uh, GVGs would increase? I, I mean, like, yeah, I know, I, yeah, yeah. Good. So when so when you if you've ever looked at the uh, the new content in Korea, I, I spoil myself heavily, but it is time gated stuff so once you do your your weekly clears 
right then you're kind of done with that region and then you're going you're back to doing some other stuff like grinding and doing life skills and whatnot but because of the new expansion you know that surgeons and players are coming in they're doing their weekly they're done with the weekly and what else do they got to do then there's going to be some gvgs probably so i think there's going to be a big surgeons of players um doing some gvgs because um of the new new expansion if if it does come in two weeks and probably going to be the same thing when it does come out in however long four to six months maybe yeah i think that the <laughs> yeah so like the reason i touched on this i i agree i think that it would just the good times would just keep wrong i think that it would just get even better I think really? that you'd have Corrupt and Barco jump into the fray. And I think that you would have, like, is everyone's going to want to be pushing uh, the new expansion? Everyone's going to be super active because of the new expansion. More players playing the game means more players competing for resources. Um, even though that, like, the new content is instance, like Jay Kuhn said, the only thing, everyone's basically hard capped in those, in those endgame guild. It's not like Barcode's gear score is below, like, 730, uh, right? So, like, like everyone is going to come out to GVG because they want to play their game, but they're gated on the content that they really want to do. I think it would just keep getting better and better. So I think that the only way that this content is sustainable for those top two guilds, um, as we see that push for number one, is if we get the expansion, we get some sort of big new content, which again, I don't think is going to happen. So I think this kind of dies down a little bit. And then I think we see another big resurgence uh, with the new content or the release of Awakening, uh, Megu and Wusa, which is probably the most likely to come. Uh, now, uh, Pivoting uh, a little bit off that, uh, but not too much, is... Uh, so I've seen at these GVGs that people are starting to run, and this is going to sound crazy for all the experienced players in the chat. You know what these are. Food buff rotations. Now, for like the last, I will say for the last four years, since the Oasis event, like three or four years, it's been Kron Meal is King. Everyone just runs the exquisite Kron Meal. Everyone just runs the simple Kron Meal. Everyone runs seafood Kron Meal. That's just how it goes. You don't, you don't do anything like that. Um, but nowadays, we're seeing these high-end players. First, we saw Elixir rotations, right? And everyone started running Elixir mm -hmm. rotations in T1s, T2s, and all this cap content and stuff. But now we're starting to see people go, okay, well, maybe I can maybe I can run these food rotations too. So, Jaycoon, well, I want your PvE take first. Are you still running a Kron meal in PvE? Are, are, are you lazy PvE, or you yes, looked at 100%. these? 100%. Yeah, okay, I'm so still, I'm still running Kron meals in, in PvE for sure. Okay. Um, have you looked at, um, now I know you're shy. So in PVP, like an uncapped PVP, um, are you considering running food, uh, food rotations? Um, so at least in capped, I would maybe it would be a lot more, um, uh, you know, you can stack more HP if you were to run, um, different food rotations. Right. Um, and so in cat, it would make a lot more sense and I would probably look into it. Uh, I, ha I haven't been because I am like, as you said, kind of lazy and cron meal is kind of like that for that lazy person. You get the all in one, all in there. Buffs. But <laughs> yeah. it, it is because of like the, the continuous care stuff, right? It's a lot easier to manage all those elixirs and now all these um, extra little food buffs here that give more HP for those capped contents. And so, um, Okay, yeah. so uh, Tiltus, Tiltus, are you just exclusively? I, you sound Tiltus. Don't take this the wrong way, but you sound like you're a Cron Meal user. I am for sure a Cron Meal user. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, that's that's um, what I figured. Um, I'll keep, go ahead. Can you can you explain what the what the food buff rotation is and why it's better than the Cron Meal? Okay, so there's Do a few. Know? Yeah, so there's a few different right. food buffs that you can run. So currently, the exquisite Cron Meal. I will list off uh, the buffs for our listeners. It's um, the Exquisite Crown Meal in PvP gives all AP plus 8, 
all accuracy plus 15 attack cast speed plus two movement speed plus two critical hit plus two all evasion plus 15 max hp plus 150 max stamina plus 200 back at back attack damage plus five percent critical hit damage plus five percent all resistance plus four percent and ignore all resist plus four percent so the idea behind the Kron meal initially in this game was basically to be an option for players that were lazy and did not want to have to pop a food rotation all the time for the players that could not constantly be online to to pop their food rotation um that the exquisite cron meal was kind of the option to go to then the oasis event came out um and then you had one silver cron meals and it was just way better because you didn't have to spend your life savings running a food buff but nowadays you have things um i'm seeing more and more players run things and there's always the the same few meals are in everything the comma sylvia meal offers you 150 hp 200 stamina and five percent back attack damage basically everyone that runs a food rotation runs at least the comma sylvia meal okay one of the old ones that um that i see people run intermittently as the knight's combat rations now that's probably going to be a throwback um yeah, for, to some remember. of our listeners yeah the the knight's combat rations gives all ap plus five extra human damage plus five and all damage reduction plus five so there's a lot of stats there that you're not going to get uh, in your cron meal one of the big ones that i think um is overlooked nowadays if i can find it uh is the odalita meal uh maybe i have to just type in od yeah you know what i'll type in meal there we go uh <laughs> Wow, there's there's so many of these um oh, with yeah. these new expansions mm -hmm. they always come out with a new meal there it is there's an apostrophe in it so the odalita meal is really big and the reason jaycoon that i asked you is that mm -hmm. typically you see food buff rotations in like the dp meme players or the players that are really looking for defensive mm -hmm. stats because things like the special odalita meal give all damage reduction plus five special attack evasion rate five percent and damage from monsters minus five percent uh mm -hmm. now that doesn't matter so much in capped content as you can usually reach uh the special attack uh evasion rate pretty reasonably with the garmoths mm -hmm. and or the gin spec evasions but like in uncapped content uh the special od meal i think is kind of like a really really big go-to mm -hmm. uh another big um big one that people love to run is the king of jungle hamburg um yes, people yeah people love the king of jungle hamburg uh because it gives you ignore all resist plus three percent which is amazing in pvp and it gives critical hit damage plus five percent mm -hmm. uh it also has a cooldown duration of 150 minutes what i find interesting mm -hmm. or annoying honestly what i find annoying about their um their meal system currently and i think the reason that a lot of people don't use meals uh meal rotations and just use the crown meal is because it's so confusing if you use mm. a normal valencia meal uh the duration on the valencia meal it lasts for 120 minutes meaning that and so the cooldown is 30 minutes so mm -hmm. that means in 30 minute increments you could pop 30 60 90 120 you could pop four meals um you could t potentially run a food rotation of four meals but if you pop a special valencia meal its duration is actually 150 minutes so you can get five meals in in that meal rotation if you're using the mm -hmm. special version of the valencia meal but it's not like that for everything. It is like that for the Medaya meal. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. It's not like that for the Medaya meal, for example. The Medaya meal, like the normal Medaya meal, has a duration of 90 minutes. So you can only run three meals with it. It's useless. And then the mm -hmm. special Medaya meal is 120 minutes. That's also useless. You really are looking for those 150-minute meals. Um, the Kama Sylvia meal is another 150-minute meal. The Jum King of Jungle Hamburg is a 150-minute meal. 
Um, but like in the, the OD meal though, for example, is another 120 minute meal. So the ones that you really want only last for 120 minutes, which means you're missing out on one potential food buff. Um, cause you'd like to potentially run a food buff of five, but you're limited. Yeah. If you want to run the five food buff, you really have to run the same five foods because you can't, you can't fit the really good ones that you want in there. It's kind of frustrating. Um, mm. so I think that they need to, if they want people to actually use anything other than the cron meal consistently, I think they need to change these minutes. Things are so confusing. Some of the buffs last 90 minutes. Others last 120 cron meals last 120. <laughs> like, uh, the Ailton meal only lasts 90. Some of them last 120. Some last 150. Standardize everything for us so that we can actually pick and choose which buffs that we want and when we want to run them. Yeah, uh, one thing that, that I forgot. Huge. Yeah, one thing I forgot is the Margoria seafood meal. That's an amazing one that people go to. Critical hit plus two. Max HP plus 100. Movement speed plus two. And weight limit plus 50 LT. One thing I think that people that go to a food rotation the biggest my biggest concern when i go to a food rotation is that i'm not going to have plus five crit that i'm not going to have yep. plus five move speed and that i'm not going to have uh plus five attack cast speed um is going to be is is really frustrating and so it's actually kind of difficult to get that uh with a food rotation unless you're running something like the margoria seafood which is annoying but you are running if you're running in the food rotation you're also probably running an elixir rotation and the elixirs should cover that for you um the elixirs in your outfit so um do any which of these would you guys run if you were going to pick four um that you were going to run in uncapped pvp tiltus would you be running like the standard knights combat rations yeah margoria seafood reel yeah margoria um, knights comma meal jungle hamburg okay so not even the jungle hamburg you're not so you're running jungle jungle hamburg valencia magoria and comma would be the four that i would run okay yeah the valencia meal is actually something we didn't touch on uh the stats on the valencia meal are ignore all resist four percent which is crazy good um all of uh all resistance plus four percent all evasion plus ten uh and damage uh from monsters minus six percent um it's a really good meal no doubting it but i don't know if it's better than uh, some of the other ones that you're going to need. Um, if Jacob, if you were specifically optimizing for defensive stats, do you think it's still better mm. to run a cron meal or do you like that? Spe- I heard you like groan with anticipation. I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're running capped content, I, I, I'm usually using my shy and capped content. So probably all the meals that provide additional HP, like the Calfion meal provides HP, the, the Margoria meal provides HP, and the Chamomile provides HP. Is there anything else that provides HP? Uh, Margoria Seafood? I think so. Margoria yeah, Seafood? Yeah, so Margoria, Mar- Margoria, Chama, Calfion, so those three for sure. I'm just not sure uh, what else would so give you- me HP, but if there was anything that gave me HP, I would, I would run those. So you would actually prefer the HP that something like a Margoria Seafood would give you over the Odalita meal, which gives you 5% special attack evasion? Um, again, it's it, like during capped content, um, you know, it'll be capped anyways. But if, if it wasn't uncapped, then I would also add the additional of Odalita meal to give the additional special attack evasion for sure. Okay. Right on. Uh, I do think they should standardize it though. So people can feed yeah. craft. It would be a lot easier. Just make them all like 120 or something. No, um, honestly, just so make that, the special versions 150 and then the other one's 120. I noticed that the Margoria meal doesn't have a special version. No, it does not. There's not a, quite it. a few meals in the game that don't actually have a special version. Um, mm. For some reason, I don't like, I think it's because, <laughs> yeah, it's and in, I, yeah. 
I think it's because they're trying to limit how strong a food rotation can be compared to a Quran meal. Um, but I think that they've they've gone a step too far here. I think it's just too complex. Most players are like, like I tried sorting it out last night. I was like trying to do like fucking advanced trigonometry in my head to figure <laughs> out which like are, is the best like meal combination for my DP set. And then what's the best meal combination for capped content? Is it worth running over the crime meal? And eventually I just threw my hands up and said, we're just popping the crime meal. I don't give a shit anymore. Yep. <laughs> uh, like I, I, can't, I, I can't do it. Home. I can't do it. I think another thing that really turns off players is that you have to, although there is continuous care, you need to remember to pop it at least like two hours before Node War starts oh, so yeah. that you can get those run, get those meals running as right. well. And so yeah, some people might not have the time to, to be there on time. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they could pre-buff their character and just let it sit and just let continuous care run. Um, I, I think I think mm -hmm. continuous care, like as long as they're popping the buffs all the time, they don't they don't even have to be on their character two hours before. They can just set it once it's all running. That is true. They can just switch true. off their character, switch back, make sure continuous care is on, and their food buff is running all the time. Um, so like, and I think it's continuous care that has kind of brought back food rotations. I know some people in my chat have been like, oh, this has been a, a thing for like a year, like two years now. Like, actually, it hasn't. The only reason that it came <laughs> back was because like, like Jay said, it, it's a convenience thing. Like you, you got to have continuous care so that it'll pop. Like if the fairy's popping it all for you, you don't mind as much. But like the crunch, like being it, having to set up and be on your character hours before Node War starts and constantly remember, like you have like a timer on. So like you're making dinner, mm -hmm. oh, I got to go back and pop my Balanos meal or whatever it is. Obviously not Balanos <laughs> meal, but it's a bad example. But like, I got to go back and pop my Valencia meal now, you know, um, like that's yeah, frustrating. Tabbing out of a league game to pop a meal. Oh yeah. no, like I can't do it. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night to pop a to pop a meal. Uh, like I know that people got super sweaty about bartering back in the day and they had like, like Chris Polly said he had like a timer that he would just like, he's waking up at like three in the morning. He's like, okay, I got to get to the computer. I got to do my bars. I'm like, there's not a chance, bro. He can have the Evan Ruth first. I don't care. Um, I, I just, I can't do it. But yeah, no, I think that there definitely is. Uh, I think continuous care has kind of opened up uh, food rotations again. Uh, for players on the server and i think it's really cool to see a resurgence like that i think it's kind of niche um and i think the high end like the top top tippity top end players sure they can run that food rotation um but i don't think it's required by any means and i think that the cron meal and capped content specifically is probably just going to be better uh mm -hmm. in a lot of cases after looking at uh, some of the stats it gives you it's just so hard unless you're running a full elixir rotation with it for most players to actually reach like plus five move speed, plus five crit, plus five attacks, all, all that stuff that you need. It's just very difficult to reach that without uh, running the cron meals. So um, I'd like to see them honestly add the, those kind of menial stats. I'd like to see them add it. Like just kind of buff the other meals a little bit. Add it, add it on to like the Valencia meal. Add it on to the Medaya or like more to the Medaya meal or more to the Margoria seafood meal so that we can reach that stuff without straining so much. But I digress. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on to our next um, topic here, which is, Jaycoon, I know you wanted to discuss um, I... alchemy stones. Alchemy stones. Okay, so, so on the subject of really high-end gear is alchemy stones. Many late-game players uh, try to trade their Vel's Heart out for splendid alchemy stones of destruction uh, over their Vel's Heart. Um, do you feel alchemy stone... Well, here, you know what? Let me let me read the, the splendid. Let me, let me read the splendid stats over the Vel's. Um, so the Splendid Alchemy Stone of Destruction is giving you all AP plus 13, all accuracy plus 14, ignore all resistance plus 8%, attack speed plus 8%, cast speed plus 8%. Uh, and this is contrasted with Vel's Heart, which is only giving you 8 AP, 
10 accuracy, ignore all resist 5%, and attack cast speed 5%. Um, so it does look like it does have the better stats, plus you can upgrade it with the, uh, the super stones um or whatever we call them now i forget what the upgrades so i forget what the upgrade stones are called but you know you can add the dp and stuff to it uh you can put that on a splendid alchemy stone um but do you feel alchemy stones and like the alchemy st uh, stone system is in a good spot currently or are we too reliant on vels for too long jay um well i think the idea with vels initially was to give players that like that alchemy stone that they don't have to worry about forever but the system they have for the splendids and shining just like the abysmal rates of acquiring them for the stats that they do give i do think the biggest um difference it's um between the splendids and the vels is the additional attack speed right it's three percent additional attack speed and considering people are running both akrods and aluguses for the four percent attack speed um it's like attack speed is just so 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 important for any class really and so that three yeah. percent is just so um attack cast speed and we damage. don't yeah. we don't even talk about the shiny one because that one uh i was talking with ice earlier about how <laughs> <laughs> what the calculated cost for making a shiny alchemy stone is and it's between 4.6 to 8.6 trillion silver to make an, a shining alchemy stone Ooh. if you bought your previous alchemy stone at either polished or sharp and so it's just they're just uh, uh biohack yeah uh the paypal's in and your then, inventory um, get to work buddy yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to know what the splendid one it, it's a lot i guess it's a, a little bit more realistic it's a like between 100 uh billion to 300 billion depending on how um how uh often you get the sharps and the resplendent taps going but um yeah, if you ever get a splendid stone from those Shikachu scam boxes, please sell it to me. That's what. <laughs> Blade Boquest, is that you? Like, I'm, <laughs> you want to sell these? He's like, yes, definitely. No, do not sell it. <laughs> um, so, have y'all yeah. ever actually done the alchemy stone system in the hmm. game? Yeah, let's explain how the alchemy stone system works. Can can either of you explain it um, yeah. at a level that a, fi a, fi a five year old could understand for? for chat definitely not me but for, for, so, for chat yeah essentially it starts out as a you know a little baby alchemy stone that you craft in your alchemy engine right and then afterwards uh, depending on the type of alchemy stone you have destruction protection or life you would feed it um metals for destruction uh wood for uh protection and uh, fruits and vegetables for life and uh every time um there is about a 3% chance it will succeed and even a lower percent chance to upgrade in quality as well. Uh, I believe Ice sent me a chart here for you guys to look at. I will link it in the Old Moon podcast here. Here is the chart for the success rates of the Alchemy Stones. Um, oh my god. Once you do... <laughs> yeah. Let me <laughs> bring it up here in chat as well. Here the, we go. The, the numbers mean something. Um, like... Holy moly. Well, I feel like so that guy far. with all the yarn. The yarn's going across yeah. the wall, and I'm yeah, like, oh yeah. my god, the numbers this mean something, chart. Jay. Like, okay. So so let's say you you get a 
a gold alchemy stone. The chance to upgrade it from a sharp to resplendent is it's always 3% all the way up to shining. But the biggest caveat is that if you fail, there is an extremely high chance, 60 to 7% chance to just explode your alchemy stone. Like that poof, it's gone. And so that's why it's so difficult to get it higher. And there's no way to protect it. There's no crowning of the alchemy stone. So a lot of players find this as sort of the silver sink after you've reached hard cap. Mm. You can sort of essentially think of this as trying to reach pen fallen god. So uh, right. Uh is okay, so at its essence, there's actually only correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain that the highest level of alchemy stone is the shining alchemy stone. Um, and currently there's only ever been one created and it was traded around like a street hooker, uh, on the marketplace, um, five times, uh, because of like, and the account that made it got, or originally got banned. The only reason that one of these has even been created, um, is because a long time ago, there used to be these things called grind bots that would grind on your account. And it's obviously like a complete exploit. Um, but the, it would grind on your account 24 seven. Um, and you would constantly have money pouring into it. So one of those accounts created a shining alchemy stone of destruction. And then that person traded it back and forth to himself, uh, to try to get the, the cost to go up. But right now, so the shining alchemy stone of protection, uh, of destruction's stats are all AP plus 16, all accuracy plus 16, ignore all resistance plus 10%, attack speed plus 10% and cast speed plus 10%. Um, do we know? Who actually has the Shining Alchemy Stone of Protection or Destruction on the server? Um, Do we know who it is? So I actually know a person who has it. I don't know if that's the same one. Maybe that's it the is, only but one. I know this person's name is NF Icon, and I have, I have been in a guild with him back in, um, I think it was Vertex. He was in Vertex with me, and he had the Shining Alchemy Stone. I saw it in his inventory. He linked it. I saw him, like, we've done dungeons together, and he has it. And so... Um, so I don't know if that's, that's the person crazy. you're talking about, but I, I know for yeah. sure that he yeah. has a shiny alchemy stone. Um, yeah. Do you want to know the story of how he got it? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, 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 let's hear it because otherwise, yeah, we're, so it's, can we explain it and how? Go ahead. He, <laughs> he was basically, um, so he had this issue where if he got too much money, he would uh, um, compulsively spend it. And I feel like a lot of video players can relate to that. And so what he did to sort of hide the money was to put buy orders on just the most random things. And he just happened to put a buy order on a Shining Alchemy Stone. And that's how he got it. That's his story. Uh, a lot of people don't believe him, but I believe him because he has it. But um, yeah, I, I mean, he hasn't gotten banned yet. At least I don't think he was. <laughs> seems, banned. That um, seems like a but, super roundabout. I just happen to have 40 was, billion and just put it on the uh, order. Was, I don't know. That's his story. And I don't so, know why. <laughs> I mean, it's a good idea mm. to hide the money from yourself because I mm. definitely am do the same thing in BDO. If I have mm. money sitting liquid in my central market, it's I'm buying something. I can't help myself. Yeah, but um, but the shining alchemy stone though, it's like literally like never been like like the, the other ones have literally <laughs> never been created. We've never even seen a green life stone before. We've never seen a shining green or a shining yellow mm -hmm. life stone. We've never seen these other alchemy stones. There's no reason to think I don't even think Biohack well, okay, he probably has an order on it, but that's a bad example. But like every I I don't think anyone has an order just sitting on that necessarily. I mean, maybe now, but like it hasn't been sold in, in forever. Uh, 622 yeah, so a, was the last transaction. 
It's a great way to hide the money from yourself. It never gets bought, so you just put 40 bill in there and you never think about it again until you're like, okay, I'm ready to buy my, you know, full pin fallen god or whatever the fuck it's called. And you're like, okay, time to pull time to pull all my pre-orders down now. <laughs> my my chat, bro. I just happened to put an order down on something that I spent ten thousand dollars for in Discord. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was super random. <laughs> super random. Um, but yeah, no. Regardless of how he got it, I do think that it's either it's if it's not the only one on the server, then it's one of maybe two. And mm -hmm. and because of that, I think the alchemy stone system is just it's literally that hard to make one. I mean, look at this freaking chart you sent us. I mean, look at you got there's like yeah. four levels and you can go any different way. Look mm -hmm. where all the arrows you can go backwards, forwards, <laughs> sideways, down to the left, down to the right. And ultimately you're trying to hope for like and you can constantly downgrade as you get um higher it it can explode and it's like a 0.03% chance at even like the highest level to turn into shining. Um, does this system need to be revamped at all? Or do we think that it's okay for endgame players? Do we think it's an okay money sink? I know that it's cancer, but think about it from an endgame player perspective. You got nothing else to do, right? Like yeah, other than um, maybe just dump into this system, they, they added the skip feature so you could just skip your way through the animations because, oh my goodness, <laughs> that was brutal. I forgot that there was even yeah. an animation for that. It's mm -hmm. been so long since I've tried to polish an alchemy stone. Um, or grow an alchemy stone um yeah i mean i think it's okay to have super super high-end money sinks in the game um that being said you should probably buff the rate like just a little bit so it's you know a little more realistic to hit because we're talking about the i mean alchemy stones have been in the game for since launch right uh yeah yeah no they've been so in here since you're, launch yeah. you're talking we didn't know about... how to make them back then but yeah yeah we... You're talking about one or two stones being made in the span of the game's life. That is, that's crazy. That is insane to think about. It's the game's existed for seven years and we've had one or two of them. I mean, congrats to those guys, but still it's like maybe, maybe increase the rate just a little bit so that, you know, we're looking at like, you know, 10 players that have it. Um, you know, it's still a super huge item, you know, end game item to get, but a little bit more attainable. I don't know, Jay. What do you, Jay? What do you think? Well, you're 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 like a basically I, a hard cap player. This is all you have to do uh, with your money. I, was, so. I mean, I was I was just thinking maybe simply just allow the ability to cron it so that it doesn't go poof. No, no more crons. No. no more I, so no I think crons. the problem with that is that if you add the crondom, um, then you end the up crondom. yeah. So like, if you allow players to cron it, then it becomes more of a pay to win thing. Then player, mm, like, I feel like the developers true. want this to be something that you have to go out and get. You yeah. have, you want this, you have to go out and make it. It's a lot like the Debaracas, right? The Debaracas, I saw a player, uh, I was in the Black Desert Online official channel. Don't ask me why I was sitting in their voice channel, but I was arguing with one of the <laughs> players in there. Um, and he was like, Debos need to have like a, like a five times higher drop rate. It's just, it's ridiculous. And I was like, well, I think that, um, I think that they want you to have to go out. If you want a Debaraka, you have to go out mm -hmm. and grind for it. You can't just buy it. It's a lot of Carrick's. Carrick's are like this as well. They want you. You can't just buy a Carrick off the marketplace, much to a lot of players' dismay. Mm -hmm. um, you have to go I out like and stuff like that. do yeah, two months of work and like mm -hmm. work for it yourself because that forces in-game players to play the game. I mm -hmm. know it. the in-game players are all about, I really don't want to play the game. If I can just throw money at it, it's a W. But like, <laughs> but like that's what the developers are kind of forcing you to do with a system yeah. like this. It might be just a little too cancerous, but I actually don't. I don't think it's getting a change. I, if I'm I being real, um, I don't no. think this I is think changing. That's the back burner of all back burners. So, 
Yeah, go ahead. I had like another solution to sort of make Splendid's uh, more available outside of uh, boxes is to make. So there's this one really rare thing for alchemy. Um, do you remember like uh, the mystical fish that I was talking about last week? Oh where my gosh. He's actually yeah, pulling so on the, myth- the mythical they're... fish, bro. that was done that someone did that like a couple people did that and so i was thinking the the zarka alchemy world boss quest that provides a splendid stone right now it's theoretically impossible to get it um just like through the numbers you you have to do like 20 plus years of doing this stupid alchemy stuff to get even the few pieces and maybe they could make that actually possible but albeit very very rare but for people who want to go out there and do it that could be a way for them to get splendids more uh, regularly and in a way maybe they'll tap it into a shining and so yeah and um, then sell it to jay <laughs> sell it to me <laughs> right 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 um I don't know. I think that um, one important part that we're not talking about here is we talked a little mm-hmm. bit. I think we should touch a little bit more on how the alchemy stone system works and what you have to feed these stones. I think mm-hmm. as more and more players hit this end game point where they need this like splendid alchemy stone um, of destruction um, or even of protection, if that's the way you want to go. Um, I think that it it actually helps manage the marketplace's materials on things. Um, especially with the new trading system where trade crates are not really a thing uh, as much as they were before. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things on the marketplace that are kind of just tanked, like the, whether they're at like hard minimum price or hard maximum price, but I'm talking about the things at hard minimum price. If I wanted to see an adjustment in the alchemy stone growth table or like in, in just how this whole system works, I'd like to see them just add more materials that you can use. They could just burn through you could you could add something that has been minned out. What's an example of something that's been minned out forever? Flax. Flax. Well, no, well, no, flax is actually people people use flax for um for all kinds of stuff. Something. People, yeah, for for <laughs> some. No, they they use they use Whoa, it for processing levels, skills? right? Oh, yeah, God. processing levels. <laughs> Fire horns, the powders, right? Like, what if you could gas it up with powders or matcham voodoo dolls, or like they could just dump all of that crap that players don't find worthwhile anymore. Um, they, you, they could just dump that into the alchemy stone system and boom, you've basically, you've created a demand for these products that before were just minting out the park marketplace and there's just nothing you could do with it. Uh, the higher tier players will buy them. So you could create a supply from the lower tier players and a demand from the higher tier players, which I think is healthy. Um, really, I think that yes, it's, it's complex and it definitely needs a rework. We'll get in, into a second, like exactly what we think needs to be changed about about this this fucking mess um but uh i think that the biggest thing is that i'd like to see them open up what can actually be used to gas up alchemy stones and polish them and stuff um because then i think people would be able to do it more frequently uh and Mm -hmm. it would create more of a demand for things on the marketplace jay i know you're one of the strong proponents that this needs to be changed now and that's probably because you're like i need to make an alchemy stone (laughs) and it is hard um this is ridiculous what do you think needs to be changed (laughs) other than number up number go up like we need to increase the success rate don't just tell me we need to increase the success rate what else needs to be changed about this system um so 
it's a really good change that they did add the skip function finally after i don't know like seven years they finally added a skip function uh but Blazingly just a fast. way to i guess speed it up even more sure like the skip system did speed it up but just a little bit more convenience on if they're not going to change anything about the system itself at least speed up the system so that's my uh suggestion for improving the system if they don't plan to change anything is to just speed it up I don't know yeah. how they would speed it up. Maybe just make it faster to consume uh, the materials. As you said, like adding more materials to be able to consume into the um, alchemy stones would um, allow people to have more materials to use. And so maybe we'll see legit, legitly made. Is that a word? Legitly? Legitimately is the word you're looking for. <laughs> legitimately made shining alchemy stones in the future. So okay uh tiltus i know that you earlier you were just like just increase the success rate man i don't know what to tell you uh do you have any other improvements that you, you'd like to see on the alchemy stone system um i think uh i think jay's suggestion about providing a way to get the step below um is a really good idea um providing you know the the zarka alchemy thing whatever it was he was talking mm -hmm. about as a way to get a, a splendid stone um adding more avenues to get splendid stones so that then you can see people going for those big end taps uh they're going for the shinies you know they're they're grinding out the money all that kind of stuff it kind of provides almost an additional silver sink while also facilitating more taps for the for the item itself um because jay i'm sure you would rather just buy the splendids and then smack right yeah, if there was up. any less RNG way to get these powerful items, I would I would prefer. Yeah. So maybe maybe you know you release a maybe like to... a time gate. Let's maybe they give us a time gate. And I know you guys have like opinions about yeah. time gates, but let's say we do. I don't know a daily for like a year. Like I would wouldn't mind a daily for a year to get a splendid myself because I'm I'm very um, consistent about dailies and stuff. So I don't mind doing that. Yeah. Don't don't. No, don't ever okay. don't ever say the word time gate <laughs> no. to me again in the same sentence. Okay. Um so, so I think I think the point is that there are options, right? Like there's, mm, there's more options. definitely there definitely are ideas that could float around. I mean, we've come up with a couple just now. So um yeah, if you don't want to just make number go up equals, you know, um better uh better rates, then you know, provide a provide a way to get the step below um so that you can see more mm. taps happening. Right. Um, okay, and uh, much more simply put, do you think they are going to change the system? I know I already said no, and I'll explain why last. But, Jay, do you think that they're going to change the system in the next 365 days? In the time it takes well, the Earth know, to go around the sun one time, do you think that they're going to change this? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as I feel like complaining is a very powerful thing and i think the video <laughs> player base is really 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 good at complaining i, I know the developers um, out there from the crystal presets i don't know if you knew but um um back in when i when i first got partner we were taking like suggestions for like uh, different things we we wanted to add uh, as partners and then um a lot of people suggested crystal presets um like two two three years ago um or rather two years ago when i was in partner and when we got the feedback back the feedback said oh no plans no absolutely zero plans for crystal presets and then we kept saying we kept complaining and now we have crystal presets 
So maybe if we complain hard enough, I do think some change, if not a big change, maybe a small change might happen. <laughs> some so. copium. I, just, yeah, I know the developers. Smell that, smell that blue. The develop. <laughs> no, the developers are out there right now going, "See, I knew it. I knew it. This is why you don't give in to their complaints because see, then they know it works, and now we have to change the alchemy sunset." Fred, I knew it. Like, you know, like they're I'm just going in right now. Uh, Tiltus, do you think they're going to change this in the next year? Uh, no. no. Okay, well, just, I was hoping for a little more than no. just no. Um, um, I think with the with the way their content's going right now, with uh, Fallen God being a thing, the Fallen God gloves coming out, the upgrade to the Bell's Heart, like they're, they're improving on these other systems. Um, so I think that right now the alchemy, like creating your own alchemy stone is just for the highest in-game, best-in-slot player looking for that absolute last piece of the puzzle. Um, so I think the people that are actually tapping these stones are the top 0.1%. Um, cause I've, look, I've never heard a single player besides right now talking about the fact they want a shining fucking alchemy stone. So. Really? You don't, you've never yeah. heard of that? God, what's it I like mean, down sure, there? Like people what's it like down there in you know, T1s? Like, oh, Holy it'd be, shit. It'd be crazy if we got one of these things, but I just don't see like... It's just not something a lot of people ask for, I don't think. And so you're you're, you're talking about a, a very upper echelon of player. Like, I guarantee most players that are, are currently listening to the podcast have never even polished an alchemy stone before in their life. Oh, like, I guarantee it's not, yeah. yeah, it's not a thing most players even think about, let alone if they even know what's it's in the game. The only way they know it's in the game is if they've looked at the other buttons when they're, you know, recharging the bills heart. So. <laughs> like, hold on. There's right, other this buttons do? down here? Exactly. What does this do? <laughs> um, I think that um, I don't think they're going to touch this, to be honest with you, because in the reason I'm going to point at uh, the dead God armor, I think that they made the pen dead God armor basically unobtainable. And if you do obtain it, they're going to look at your account and see if they need to ban it. Like, like they, they basically, they actually just made this stuff basically unobtainable for uh, a good reason is that so like the end game of end game of end game <laughs> players didn't have to like or I mean had something to do had something to grind towards had something to put their money towards so people like biohack would continue playing the game um, and things like that and I don't think that this system is changing now one thing that we haven't touched on yet that I kind of alluded to at the start that I want to touch on is alchemy stone variety currently you have destructions protections uh, the life alchemy stones and Vel's heart which is essentially a destruction alchemy stone. Um, <laughs> would we rather, uh, like, is making everyone on the server have one Vel's heart for, like, the, the majority of their BDO career, is that actually a feasible strategy? Or would you guys rather see more diversity in the alchemy stone system? Does diversity help the current system? Like, help fix the current problem? Um, Tiltus, we'll start with you. Do you think yeah. that more alchemy stone diversity would be a good thing? And do you think that it would help fix the current problem that we were talking about? Absolutely. Um, I think we've talked about this before and our, our consensus is always more customization to your character equals better. Um, so if you want to give things that are more focused on AP, you want to give things that are more focused on accuracy, DR, evasion, um, ignore resists. Stamina is even an option, especially for capped content, like stamina alchemy stones could be a thing. Um, there's all sorts of options. There's all sorts of stats that are, you know, all over our characters. HP alchemy stone, you know, like anything could be another option for a player to take and more character customization for your build route is always going to be a good thing in my opinion. 
Um, okay. Uh, Jay, what are your mm. thoughts on it? Yeah, 100%. I would love to see more alchemy stone varieties in the future because, um, like, I still I use Perilla Star, like, quite often, actually. Um, oh, yeah, there's the dungeon, something we haven't um, talked about. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, my God. In the I dungeon, when I, when I first started doing Crypt, like, as I was learning Crypt, as I was learning, like, um, the harder content in the game, like, Trolls, like, I felt a lot safer using my Perillas until I got more comfortable with switching out for a more uh, offensive option. Mm. And so I think having those different alchemy stones as uh totus mentioned like a stamina alchemy stone stamina focused alchemy stone maybe a um i guess we already have life skill focused alchemy stones but all those other different stats maybe like an accuracy focused alchemy stone maybe an evasion focused alchemy stone i guess that's the protection but you know what i mean like those variety will help um sort of maybe that will uh get players to stop complaining about the current system and so, <laughs> maybe hello devs delph is, the one. <laughs> is, there, is, anyone, think, is this on is anyone listening yeah is this on? <laughs> yeah i definitely agree for more alchemy stones in the future more different ones yeah i think it's just low-hanging fruit for them just like the crystal mm-hmm. system like, like they didn't need to introduce necessarily more crystals to make the system better i felt like the crystal system was a solid system yeah the alchemy stone stone system gets a lot of hate right now but i think if they just restructured the system a little bit introduced a few more uh, like viable options for end game mm-hmm. pvpers mid-game pvpers so that everyone doesn't have to sit on a like a, a destruction uh spirit stone until they get their like 18 billion silver vels heart um like i would like to see some stepping stones there and i would like to see some more end game uh, options like uh, why like forcing everyone to go for the same end game option alchemy stone is probably bad for the game and that's why that it feels so bad is because if you don't get the exact right one that you need you're doomed but if they added more options for like the alchemy stone to actually evolve into say uh one of their blue ones could evolve into like six different yellow ones and three of those yellow ones were actually viable late game options i think that players stop complaining as much uh to be honest with you and i think it adds more build diversity which is uh we can all agree on just just an objectively good thing Mm -hmm. uh you know overall for the game now do you think that more and more players obtaining these end game alchemy stones do you think that that helps um different builds do you think that currently dr or evasion is helped more if let's say a player equips a shining alchemy stone one player is wearing a shining alchemy stone of destruction and one player is waning wearing a shining alchemy stone of protection which we've not seen yet but my guess is uh, lots of defensive stats right um do you think that that helps evasion or dr more okay also, is it better in PvE? You know what, Jay? I'll ask you, is it better in PvE? Hi. Go ahead. To get a <laughs> Splendid Stone of Destruction? 100%. Wow. Or Shining Alchemy Stone of Destruction. Just more attack speed in general just helps any class really to improve their DPS tenfold. So, um, Okay, now what PvP, about PvP? Though, yeah. As for PvP, though, um, I still think a Splendid Alchemy Stone of Destruction would still be better than wearing a Protection Stone. Because uh, a lot of the times more attack speed means you can react faster which means you can be more defensive by being able to react faster right and so i still think the destruction stone would be better in pvp than a protection stone um i mean i think that late game i'll be honest with you i'm i'm completely of the opinion right now that like not dying is the best way to do more damage 
Um, like I feel like at the, in the end, at the end, at the end game, like at the what end, is, shut up, shut up, from you shut your mouth, you shut your mouth. But like at the end game of end games, if you're talking about two 745 gear score players, they're basically both one shotting each other. So anything you can get that mitigates the ability to one or two shot you or to survive chip damage, I think is stronger. Like I really do like assuming it gives a really big chunk of HP, I really do like um, the idea that you could wear like a defensive alchemy stone or maybe even a hybrid alchemy stone. We, we could see hybrid alchemy stones that are kind of a mix of defensive mm. and offensive stats would also be really interesting. Of course, then I think evasions and strikers just go crazy. <laughs> True. Um, well, um, again, uh, we also have to consider like capped content. And I think uh, the additional stats of the HP is not as powerful as the additional percentage attack speed of the destruction stone when it comes to cap oh content. yeah yeah for sure for sure in capped content specifically i think uh it's it's kind of doomed uh you definitely want the destruction almost basically every time although are you wearing perillas okay so you talked about perillas in capped content <clears throat> i'm actually curious tiltus you just you hold on to this little nugget for a second because i know that you do a <laughs> lot of capped content especially specifically t1 but jay you said you wear perilla star. Do you wear perillas in capped? I do because you just said that destructions are better. Uh, well, well, for my shy, right? I, like I, I'm a, an exception for you know my buff and bongo, but I love perillas because it provides move speed. And for my shies, I have short little legs, and the biggest issue I have in node war is just getting from point A to point B, just keeping up with the ball, and that additional movement speed helps a lot for my shy. And it, you know, it also gives me a lot of stamina and HP. So a lot of those stuff still works in capped content. So I, I do really love my my perillas. Um, okay, so hold on. Let me find the perilla star so I can read the stats off. I don't even know. It's not telling me where my perilla star is. Can either of you read the perilla star stats out <laughs> yeah, for I me? Can. Jay, do you have... Okay, yeah, Jay, can you read it to our listeners real quick? Sure. Let me bring it up here. So... Star provides my okay. This is I have an exalted Star. I upgraded all the way because you know, oh my <laughs> Anyways, god, uh, <laughs> what an alpha, bro! Yeah. So, the max level Star exalted Star provides five sheet DP, which gives five DR, uh, minus six percent monster damage reduction, um, my plus four all damage reduction, one HP per hit, seven all resistance, five percent movement speed, a uh, 200 HP, and 100 stamina. So the biggest stats for capped content would be the move speed, HP, and stamina for my shy. Additionally, the ad additional HP per hit. I do run Grim Drainings. I do run an exhortation for my shy. Grim Drainings, uh, uh, Grim Soul, and Strong Drainings provide me additional HP on hit. And so when I'm bongoing around and hitting like 10, 10 people around, I'm, I'm still like recovering quite a bit of HP. And the Perilla's plus one helps a little bit as well for that, for survivability. Okay, right on. Yeah, so the Perilla Star, I actually think it's a great option for like new players that like can't spend 20 billion silver on a Vel's Heart and then another 5 billion silver on the upgrades. I think Perilla is just an incredible thing. Um, Tiltus, you're like the T1 guru uh, among us. What do you, <laughs> do you feel, do you see a lot of players running the Perillas or do you see people just running Vel's most of the time if uh, they have the option? Most people run Vel's. Uh, the attack speed is just, is you can't. Uh, you're playing rocket tag and t1s a lot of the time so um 
the attack speed uh, can be the difference in you you getting a kill or not um i can't the movement speed is great i'm actually going to bring that up to our resident shy or node war shy uh because that's something she also complains about is just not being able to keep up um so if five percent movement speed helps her keep up then uh you know more power to her i will say the stamina i i have some some people that complain about stamina um and they want as much stamina as they can possibly get um, so that may also be an option for them as well. Yeah, so I could see it being useful. It's going to be very niche, though, if, if anybody uses it in T ones. But do you think? It's... I know there's going to be one viewer that's like, "Oh, actually, I use it," and you know, more power to you, brother. <laughs> I try. I tried it for the HP on hit, and it is good for the HP on hit, but it's not good enough mm -hmm. to run over Vels. Um, I tried it a couple times; it just didn't work out. But the HP recovery on hit is actually pretty good, especially for a newer player that's not going to have mm -hmm. a crazy amount of HP recovery because they're probably not going to be running um the elixir rotation right it'll also yeah. help them get to higher level grind spots faster um but here's a good question that my chat just brought up uh would you if you're a new player first seasonal which which reward are you take is perilla star good enough that that that's what you're taking because you're it's going to be a while before mm -hmm. you get in a position where you want vels do you want a pen so your options are the pen kaposha necklace which is like a ted ogering um, mm -hmm. A Pen Kaposha belt, which is like a Tet um, Bassy belt, uh, Perilla Star, um, or or the oh, obviously the Hundred Sec. Don't we don't even talk about that? Um, uh, well, dude, you can get a Pen Kaposha necklace. ring too. Probably the okay, necklace, necklace first. first, second one, second one. Obviously, 100%. necklace first. Second, second one would be Perilla's. Um, I I think. Um, well, over the I belt. Guess it really? depends on what you're going to use it for. Pardon? Over the belt, really? Over the belt. Well. I guess it depends on what you're wanting to do with the Perilla Star, but I, I do think you should get it eventually. Maybe the belt next, maybe Perilla Star afterwards. Um, but um, if you want to just have a really good, solid one for Node Wars and stuff, um, especially if you are a more defensive-oriented class, like I, let's say you're like a one of those DP Corsairs or something, uh, or defensive Corsairs or something, or you just want to get that debuff out, or let's you're the shy, right? The Perilla Star is a really good option for newer players to play that defensive role. Um. Yeah, okay. Uh, what do you think, Tiltus? You're, you're taking the necklace every time first, right? Oh, yeah. And then yeah, what's, what's the second thing you're taking? Are you taking the pick and push a belt, the ring, the earring, or the Perilla Star? So I could see a really good argument for taking Perilla Star second. Uh, it depends on how sweaty of a player is playing the game. So if it's your first seasonal, you should always take the necklace. I think that's just agreed upon. If it's your first season, you have no silver income. You've, you're learning the game. Um, and then from there, if you play the game a lot and you already have your Tet belt, you know, then why not go for the Perilla Star? Um, it just depends on what the player, how active the player is playing. Um, so I think totally you could get Perilla Star second if you're in a position where you don't need the belt anymore or you don't need the earrings or rings or whatever. Um, mm. And it, we we're talking about it right now. I mean, it's it is a backup option for a Velsheart. It is a placeholder, and it's good in some niche instances as well. So I could totally see an argument being made to uh, run that second instead of a third or fourth. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, man. You know, back in the day when these first came out, I had to take them in the order that they came out. I just did seasonal every single time, and I mm -hmm. like they offered the. The earring versus the ring first and i already had a ring so i took the earring and then perilla star was second so we took that and then the third was the belt and the last one that came out was the necklace 
So obviously now you're taking necklace first. I actually don't think that the belt and the earring slash ring hold a tremendous amount of weight anymore. Mm -hmm. Just because of how much money, how quickly you can make silver in the game. Mm -hmm. It's like five or six hours of work um, to get those things as far as grinding goes. And you're kind of just going to stumble into those anyway. Whereas Pearl mm -hmm. is, I feel like, is like a placeholder, like you said, for Vels. And it gives you stats. I think it also helps you grind it like the higher level spots faster so you can get to orcs mm -hmm. faster you can get to go grind more gear faster i don't know i really like the, i think i like the perilla second um after the necklace uh but it's definitely definitely an option now okay now for us end game players who already have all this crap um <laughs> are you doing seasonal to get the 100 stack every time yes or no or you, I, i'll be honest with you i can't be fucked there's just actually just no i'm just um, there's not a chance in hell but jaycoon go ahead tell us why you do it well, it, it's if you set it up properly, you can finish seasons like I for me last season, I finished it in literally like two hours because I, I usually have a group that power levels me. So that's how I finish it. And so it, just for two hours to get your 100, you also get a 140 stack if you use all the season materials and stuff so it's just a lot of value for just how little amount of time if you set it up properly, of course, to do it as a veteran player. So I, I do it every time. Of course you do. Um, Tiltus, do you do, do you do seasonal every time? You like me, you just can't be fucked. Nah. So the only time I do seasonal is number one, if there's a if there is a class that I'm trying to get and I want free rewards, or if there is a new class that I'm really, really interested in. I thought I was gonna be interested in Megu, was not interested in it at all. So I ended up uh using the last seasonal slot to grind up a witch. So it's like when I need a new class to play as a backup or an alt or whatever, I'm like, yep, here we go. Doom, done, easy. Um, it doesn't take long if you know what you're doing. It doesn't take long to do seasonal, but I most of the time I'm not. I have to have like, I think I have three seasonal characters and like two that are like like level 50 or something like that. Cause I was just like, nah, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm done. So, right. Um, Jay's just a sicko. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you could go back and forth on this when all you, day. When you take the simplified quest line, it you just spam R through everything. You know, there's no questing really involved. You yeah. just get power level to 61 and then you're you're done. Yeah. Um, they even reduced the amount of mobs you killed before you had to kill like 3K oh, mobs. Oh, yeah. Now you, that's kill, like, true. Four, now you only kill 500 mobs. Oh, my God. So, so much it, easier. it's not even that big of a deal anymore. It's so much so. better now. So much better mm -hmm. now. Um, oh, one thing we didn't touch on that thankfully somebody in chat just brought it up. Um, so new players have the option of the destruction spirit stone. So you can wear these over the Perilla star. Yes, it's a placeholder, but like you're talking about trading all AP plus six, all accuracy plus eight attack cast speed, uh, plus 4% for the Perilla stars damage against monsters minus 5%, all damage reduction plus four, all HP recovery on hit plus one, all resistance plus 5%, all movement speed plus 5%, max HP plus 200 and max stamina plus 100. Which one are you wearing? If you're a new player, um, did the destruction spawn? You know what, Jay? This is a perfect question for I, you. You're the <laughs> PVE god of the server. Which one would you prefer? If you're a new player, would you do the attack cast speed, uh, AP accuracy, or do you want the Perillas for the defensive stats for a new player? Well, generally, if you're a new player, you're still like learning how to play the game, and I think just having extra defensive stats to learn your class with is really nice. And then when you get more comfortable and you feel like you you can survive the area that you grind in, then you can use the Destruction Spirit Stone. Additionally, Perillas will maybe help you um, as a new player look into the higher end spots because you have these extra defensive stats as well. So 
Um, I think it's a good starting out. And then when you are more comfortable with your class, you can opt for more offensive options after. Okay. Yep. That was my exact thoughts as well. Okay, so, so you it, think you think it's it's better for Perillas until you're very, very comfortable in your class. Right. I mean, how long does that take then? Like they're, we're um, talking about taking Perillas star second, right? This is their second seasonal. That means like arguably they're like at least four or five months into the game. Duh. Yeah. Like, are you already on the destruction spirit stone at that point? Well, um, if it's your second season, like what kind of gear are you looking at your second season? Maybe mm-hmm. like 620-ish gear score. You're starting to look at places like maybe, um, I don't know, like Jade Starlight Forest, Turos. I think Perilla Star really, would really help in areas like Turos. I'm sure like when, I remember when uh, Turos first came out. Oh my gosh, People dude. were just getting constantly CC'd <laughs> and stunned by the Turos mobs and just die at nighttime or something. The spears, so, yeah, bro. The spears. <laughs> and so um I, th- I think the defensive stats again will help you out in learning the grind zone like a lot of when it comes to grinding a lot of people are like oh like how much gear is minimum required well th- technically there's no minimum requirement it's just um how comfortable you are at a grind spot to survive that area to to be grinding in like a really good example was when mutara was showing off how he can literally take off every single piece of his armor he was grinding lower gyphons with like 18 dp and he was surviving for a good 40 minutes until he got randomly one shot by something so as long as you are <laughs> comfortable okay, with easy, the grass, broad ideas like that with that grind spot before you can opt, then you opt for more offensive options so I actually really like it. Yeah. No, I think I think you explained it perfectly because like your the natural transition is gonna be to go to Turos to get your flame, to go to mm-hmm. um to go to Jade Starlight Forest to get your flame, unless you're just buying it off the market and you just love orcs that much. Um and I think that like I mean a couple people uh in the in one of the chats had brought up like, Well, you're not gonna be six twenty grinding for your flame. I would argue that six twenty is right around the time, yeah. I think that's that's exactly when you're grinding for your flame. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right around that six, 600 to 620 gear score mark is when you start grinding for that first flame because it gets you a lot of coffers, which is what you're working on then. And it also naturally transitions you into that flame. So I think that uh, Jay's right here. I think it, I think it actually helps uh, PVE a tremendous amount, especially when you're a developing player. The Perillas is probably the stronger option, uh, at least in PVE. And then maybe you could put on the Destruction Spirit Stone for PVP. I mean, they are cheap. And one thing to note about uh, Destruction Spirit Stones uh, is that you can actually grind them up after they're done. So once they're at zero dirt, zero over zero, zero durability, even if you don't have a Vels or anything yet, I recommend it runs out, you take it out, instead of just throwing it away, you grind that up and it'll give you this myth, uh, mystical spirit powder, right? Is that, that, that that's yeah. what it's called? Wait, do you, um, wait, you can actually grind them up when they're... Yep. Oh my God, you're the PVE oh lord of the server. Are you, oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> okay, when I'm grinding spirit stones, I I grind like fully charged spirit stones, to be, to be honest. Like I, 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 I just grind up like a good two, three thousand and just not worry about it for a couple months, to be honest. So, right, but the, like you do that as an mm-hmm. in-game player. But you have, my point is you can start mm-hmm. stocking this up even if you don't have a Vel's heart yet mm-hmm. and you're using the destruction spirit stones. Every time mm-hmm. one runs out, it's not a complete loss. You can grind it up um okay. into mystical spirit powder that you can use on your veil's heart when you get it someday um or the or even the perilla star if you really want to do that D- do not grind up your perilla star i don't <laughs> think that that is possible but you would be surprised how stupid people can be um myself included but uh yeah okay um uh, we're coming to the end here we're uh we got about one minute to go can we have some clothing uh clothing thoughts um clothing. Jay, Jay, do you have any closing thoughts uh, for this episode of the podcast here? 
closing thoughts um i think we whether it be pay to on pay to win uh the guild guild missions that we talked about alchemy stones uh or like this new player production we, we we've been talking about the last few minutes here mm, i think we covered uh, pretty much everything we wanted to talk about it so probably not <laughs> okay right all, all right that's yeah. that's totally fine uh tilted <laughs> tilt us go ahead you have yeah, any closing um... thoughts I had honestly, I don't have a whole lot of like big things that we talked about this week that are just like still stuck on my brain. Right. Um, oh, there's really one like... more. There's one more. I'm so sorry. I oh, forgot. Okay. Yeah, I oh, forgot sorry. completely. Can we talk about this disaster? Um, hold on. Let me get it. Let, let me pull up. Let me pull up the picture. Um, oh, no. This 1,000 year old ginseng. 90 oh. day buff we we got to talk about oh, yeah. this this is a this is a complete disaster so they they released the the 90 day buff that we had been speculating about in the previous podcasts um and we all thought it was good i i i was like oh man it's gonna be amazing they're gonna give us this crazy like 1500 weight it's gonna be crazy and then they release it and we're like that black guy in the meme we're like uh, uh, and yeah, so it, uh, I'll read the stats off the thousand year old wild ginseng 90 day buff that drops in the new region kind of as a treasure item. It's very, very rare item, but is a 90 day buff to your, uh, to your account, uh, max HP plus 100 max stamina plus 50 all resistances plus 2% max energy plus 50 energy recovery plus one max weight plus 50 lp uh, lt breath and strength exp plus 20 lt and heat stroke hypothermia resistance plus 50 percent um why is this such a disappointment jay i'll let you take it first why it's such a disappointment uh, do you think it's a disappointment i think it's i think it's just um, the most disappointing thing ever so let me gather my thoughts here real quick. So I think when it comes to the item itself, um, I think the stats are like high enough that players who want to min max the item will want it, but low enough that players who don't want them don't feel obligated to be, to get like, to be for like, they don't feel forced to get the item because it's too good. You know what I mean? And so, um, I mean, at least according to Black Desert Foundry, it's um, about 3.8 billion uh, silver currently on the Korean market and rising. And I don't know what it's going to be capped at, but let's say it's capped at um, 5 billion silver, right? And so that would be approximately 20 billion silver per year to upkeep this buff. Um, I think the stats are very minuscule for someone who does PvE, so probably not worth it for that kind of person, but could be decent for someone who does a lot of capped content in pvp and definitely i think it would be more of a pv uh, sorry a life skill item because of the uh, additional max energy and additional energy recovery so more more worth it for those two situations okay were you hoping so for more do you, you think they nailed it um you know it's okay to disagree with me. I, I would have liked it to be more. I, I would have liked it to be more. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I enjoy the PvE content in the game. So I, <laughs> I kind of hoped it would have been more PvE oriented um, in terms of stats, but it's not the case. And so uh, I am a little disappointed that it won't be something that I, I, I would probably not want to go for, to be honest. Um, the 100 HP is not really that big of a deal in PvE. And so... Yeah, I probably won't be. Maybe if I happen to get it while gathering, then I would use it. But that would be only the only situation where I would be going for this item. 
personally. Okay. I mean, it's not a problem to disagree with me. Uh, reported. Uh, <laughs> Tiltis, go ahead. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I think you... I don't know. I'm torn. I, the, there's, there's like, there was some good ideas behind it. I feel like the buffs are just too low to make players want it. I know it's on the rise in Korea, so I'd be curious to see what it's going to cap out at, and if they start sitting on the market or if all the high end players all buy them up. Um, but like, it could have been a little bit better. I think it had some good ideas, but it just doesn't seem. I, I look at the stats and I don't want to go grind it myself. You know what I mean? Like, maybe if I didn't have anything else to spend money on, I'd buy it. Or if I get one, like Jay said, if I got one for myself, I'd use it. But that's that's it. I'm not actively trying to get this regularly mm -hmm. to keep it, you know, constant uptime on my account or anything. I'm not spending the money to do that either unless I'm, you know, capped gear with my shiny yeah. alchemy I stuff. mean, I just, <laughs> I was just really hoping for more out of the thousand-year-old dumpster fire that they gave us. Um, <laughs> like, they, I just... I was really hoping, like, I understand, I understand that they need to keep the uh, the PvP stats minimal. And, and I actually like the, the stamina, the HP. Maybe they give us a little more stamina. But, like, the resistances, even though they spelled it wrong, um, and the <laughs> HP are great. I think I would love to have seen, like, plus 100 energy. Plus 2 energy recovery. Max yep. weight plus 500. I know that sounds crazy. But, like... Is giving people 500 LT really that busted? Is it even really that necessary? No, I don't. I don't feel that it is. Breath, strength, EXP. Could we have gone all the way to 100? percent Like no kidding. Yeah. Like 20? percent Like oh, heat stroke and hypothermia resistance. I can wipe my ass with how useful <laughs> that is. Like no kidding. It's like the toilet paper of buffs. Nobody cares about that. You get that on your ferry and you're like, oh no, it's stupid. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> uh, but I think that like what's the buff uh, called? Um, the auto auto uh, purified water thing. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I rolled that off so fast. Inexhaustible that was... well. That's what. Yeah, it's oh yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred HP. I think is solid. I think the two percent resistance side. I was really hoping for a lot more out of a ninety day buff as a treasure grinder. I re I really enjoy that. Um, but yeah, okay. I just wanted to touch on that as one of the final things here. And since we've already done most of the closing thought, uh, thoughts for the podcast this week, I want to go ahead and make sure that guys, um, we are on Spotify and Apple podcasts now. So make sure that you look us up on Spotify and Apple podcasts. If you guys want to just listen to us in the car, uh, on the way to work, uh, we are also on YouTube and I would encourage you to actually follow us on YouTube, uh, whether it be, I believe I have a, I, I have a YouTube. I just pinged it in my chat. I know Jay Kuhn has a YouTube, uh, Jake, uh, Jay Kuhn V. Um, and he posted every week and I was actually thinking guys that if you guys want to give us feedback like if you guys want to hear us talk about a question please go to YouTube and in the comment section on the video uh, just put the put the question you want us to talk about for the next week and I will pick uh, one or two questions from the comment section to kind of lead off the discussion for the following week uh, so that you guys can help guide the discussion uh, as a community so please uh, subscribe on YouTube uh, comment on the video so that we can talk about the things that you guys are most interested in. Uh, I want to give a big shout out uh, to Jaycoon VT and Tiltus TV, uh, my two co-hosts here, um, as they are with me every week. And this is just such such a fun um, event that we've done, and I've gotten such uh, good feedback for it. Uh, we very likely will have our first special guest next week for episode six of the podcast. Uh, so make sure uh, that you stay tuned for that, uh, boys. Anything, any outro thoughts that you want to shout out with? 
Jay better come with a title next week. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. God, bro, like a first week he's like, guys, that's cool. My title is last week, and then he was like, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna do my title this week. <laughs> Killing me. Killing me. Uh, all right, Jay. Anything? Anything left to add there? Um. I. Hi, my name is Jaycoon VT. Um. Uh, don't, father don't. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> cut the cut the mod. Cut the tape. Oh God! Yeah, cut right. the father of raccoons. Okay, all right. Um, that is going to be a wrap for episode uh, five of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, we will see you next week for episode six.